Welcome to the Retro Rejects Podcast with your hosts, NES Complex and Vintage Video Game Geek. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Retro Rejects Podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 15th, 2014, and my name is Vintage Video Game Geek. I am joined, as always, by the Watson to my Sherlock. Oh, right. Mr. Chris, NES Complex. You called me the Watson to your Sherlock? You're my Watson. I think I'm the Sherlock and you're like, you're like the Watson. I don't think (laughs) so, Chris. I'd just like to point out that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote himself into those stories as Watson. So I think if I had to choose between a brilliant writer or a cocaine addict, I'd pick Watson. Okay. I, All right. It, listen, do not. Our guest is not allowed to talk before being interviewed. Uh, so please, excuse can me. You, can you please abstain be, from talking? Please be quiet. Okay. And so, since it is our sweet 16 episode, we have decided to bring on a very sweet and special guest. He is a longtime YouTube compatriot of mine from way back in the day and a virtual stranger to Chris. Save for a few hours spent together at MAGFest 2013. Yep. Our guest is the man behind the wildly popular Tiger Claw TV <laughs> <laughs> YouTube channel. Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, and you're a liar. The Tiger Claw Radio Podcast. It is my honor and privilege to welcome Critical Failure to the show. Now, should should we refer to it as critical failure? Is this to your liking, or how would you like to be addressed, sir? Uh, my name's Alex. I'm cool with that. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh. We just blew his entire cover. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, Alex. Um, today's podcast is brought to us by the Portlandian's favorite beer, Paps Blue Ribbon, and I'm drinking this in true hipster fashion out of a. Uh, what is this? A 16 fluid ounces can. Did you buy it at the Goodwill? Mm. Here's Teeter. Come on, Chris. Yeah, if you're a real hipster, <laughs> you would buy a, you'd buy some drinking vessel from a Goodwill. Mm-hmm. I've done that, actually. Yeah, you got to chill the mug. Yeah, I thought about that, but I just opted for the grab and go. Yeah, I have to say, I'm still a little, I'm still a little annoyed by your assertion that you are the Sherlock. I I thought we were like a team. We are a team. No, it turns out you have this sort of like superiority complex. <laughs> well, well, like I look, didn't know that already. Listen, I I'm happy to open this up for discussion on the episode 16 no. trailer uh for this uh on YouTube. People should chime in. They should chime Who's in on Sherlock? Twitter. Who's Sherlock? Who's Watson? Bull crap. Yeah. I think you're a very good Watson. You keep me grounded, you know. You're, and you're I a- think you're a <laughs> hole. Okay, Sherlock, why don't you uh, tell me what I did today? <laughs> He's really mad about it. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's it's just you know, vintage always has this way of trying to assert that he is the king of all. <laughs> Chris, maybe we can discuss this at another. No, time. you don't dictate when we discuss it. <laughs> Sherlock, okay. my butt. Okay, okay, you can be Sherlock, Chris. That's no, you don't give me permission to be <laughs> Sherlock. I am Sherlock. Screw you. 
So why don't we turn the focus back onto our our I'm spectacular guest? I am leading this next segment. Uh, yes, you are. And the segment is the epic interview. Epic interview. Hey, Invintage, um, why don't you ask the first question? Okay. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Alex. What's up, man? I've been wanting to ask this for a long time. I think I've actually asked you this before, and you just ignored me. I doubt it. What's but up? can you explain the meaning behind Tiger Claw TV? Because when I first saw your channel, I remember saying to you, like, does this have to do with Wing Commander? Because the name of like the mothership for the good guys, I believe, was the Tiger Claw. But I kind of have a feeling that that's not the reason. It has nothing to do with Wing Commander, although I do know what you're talking about. It's actually, when I started with YouTube, at that point in my life, I was really into uh, kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was working with, a, with, with a, a plumbing company, of which I was the smallest and skinniest of several very large gentlemen. <laughs> so it was my joke that I'd say, don't mess with me because I'll whip out the tiger claw. Nice. Like I had some secret death move. Did any of those guys make fun of you because they had bigger butt cracks than you? Oh, yes. Were any of them named Mario? I didn't have... No. (laughs) You play them video games, boy? You need to get out there and dig. (laughs) You're a plumber. You need to get out there and dig that hole, man. Get get that pipe in the ground, man. Oh, That was what I did for a living. So you dug holes. You You did, like, outside... No. He put he put he put down pipe. He laid pipe, <laughs> and when he wasn't doing that, he was whipping out the tiger claw. Yep. <laughs> so it it was around I want to say was it two thousand nine that you began your YouTube channel? Um, it was like November two thousand eight. Like, oh, like okay, right there, like January two thousand nine, end of two thousand eight. That that time period and so what kind of prompted you to to begin this youtube channel um that's a tough question man i kind of had a different motivation i used to have an eight millimeter camera that i used to like show around my room and i'd make my own little stupid videos kind of like that but they wouldn't like be shown to anyone Mm -hmm. well that's what vintage does too (laughs) (laughs) you know whenever i hear eight millimeter i always think of that movie with the Nicolas cage about the like the snuff movie Anyway, it wasn't that good. I, I don't even know why I saw it, but I feel like I went to the theater because for some Nick reason. Cage, right? I, I wanted guess. to get a taste of that crazy man. That, that movie sucked. <laughs> you almost so, made me spit my coffee out, dude. Sorry. So you know what? I was attracted to your your YouTube channel um, because back in the day, and to some extent, you still kind of do this, but you used to focus on freeware. Type, oh yeah, I didn't type, have any money. <laughs> type reviews and and it you know back then at the time and I think still to this day that's something that not a lot of people do and you and you did that and you did it very well. Oh, thank you. And you also kind of mixed in like some NES reviews. So, do you want to kind of talk about your channel and the kind of videos that you like to put out? Um, well, it's changed over the years cuz I've been on YouTube for well, I think my oldest videos say 5 years now. Yeah, we're the old men here. Um, And they started out as a combination of just old computer games and freeware games. And the freeware came 
well, like I know I said it a second ago as a joke, but it was very much that I did not have money to spend on like new impressive games. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do, you know, games that I hadn't seen a hundred, you know, a hundred videos on before. That was like when I think James Rolfe was at his peak and all the, a lot of the imitators were still, were coming out of the woodwork. That was when Irate Gamer was still on YouTube. And, Is he off YouTube now? He moved over to Got Game. Oh, good, good. I, good I, I don't know if he's still around anymore. <laughs> I don't have anything against that guy. Worst thing that, that he ever did was he became he became the guy that it became cool to hate. You know yeah, what I mean? I feel bad for him. I, I, I don't at all. <laughs> I, I didn't like him at all. I, I thought he was horrible. He, okay. I, yeah. His his uh, speaking, communicating, uh-huh. writing wasn't always the best. But he did put a lot of freaking effort into his stuff. But Early it wasn't stuff good. was stolen. I, I don't care. I, you, I, you, you can't polish a turd, Chris. Yes, you can. Mythbusters <laughs> did. <laughs> you guys are both right about that guy. I think it would have gone a long way for him to just make a video being like, you know what? I know this guy did it first or whatever. I just wanted to try and see if I could make something similar. You know what I mean? Give yeah, me credit where credit was due. Look, taking taking the AVGN thing totally out of the picture. If AVGN never existed, his videos still are not funny and they suck. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, but don't man. you think don't you think it's reached a point where like here's the guy who has he's got to have taken like the most hate of any any one of yeah. the video game reviewers <laughs> and he did it for so long. Despite all that, good for him. I do, I do give him respect for that. You know what? Just keep on doing it, man. And and I, and you know, obviously, I don't subscribe to him, so I feel like I gotta. St- I feel like I have to steer the ship away from Chris. <laughs> okay, all right, Chris. <laughs> Chris, this would be a great opportunity for you to ask a question. Yeah, I mean, you almost got through some like two of yours right there, didn't you? <laughs> I, I did. I did. Well, and you kind of. Uh, answered my question so uh, my first question was going to be to just tell tell us about yourself so I guess you still could say things that you haven't said I think he has other things to but add. you might have other things to add for those of uh, who don't know obviously we know your channel and whatnot but can you tell us more about yourself um wow like in what regard uh, about this, like, what is up with the name Critical Failure? Well, so every question is going to be explaining meanings of names. What's yes. up with the name Alex? <laughs> okay. It's short for Alex. <laughs> oh, oh. Now, yeah. if you were Sherlock, you would have known that. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, okay, so the my YouTube channel was made from a series of poorly planned decisions. <laughs> Um, we were talking about Chris Bors a second ago. I, I said, I remember when I started, There's, I think the video is still up. My second video ever where I was talking about what I was planning on doing. Like, uh, that Chris Bors, he's got NES covered, so I'm going to move on to other stuff. Did you really? <laughs> I'm sure I said something. I remember mentioning you him by mentioned name. mentioned him? Yeah, I used to like his stuff. Wow, funny. Okay, yeah. I have a little side story about Chris Bors. The first oh, video I ever made on YouTube was actually a video of me talking about how the irate gamer blocked me from his YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) So this is why. What did you say to him? I just called him out on his Aladdin review and how he blatantly ripped off AVGN. (laughs) I know. I mean, what if he took, what if he were just to take angry video game nerd and sort of just change the words? Like, I mean, he's game geek or something. (laughs) Right. 
exactly. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that would not be apparent ripoff at no, all. No, but I'm not trying to be him. I just No, that's true. I I I did the name as an homage to him because let you us know, out forget. of res- out of respect for let the us name. not forget that James Rolfe himself favorited one of Vintage's videos. That's right. Back at a time in which when you favorited a video, that video showed up on your main page. Vintage's video where he plays the AVGN theme yeah. was visible on the Angry Nintendo Nerds mm-hmm. or and Video that, Game Nerds page. That's, that's how I got like 9,000 subscribers. I remember. Just, <laughs> just from that. If I not remember. for that, I would still have only like a thousand. I, I remember that day because after I watched that, I found out he had been favoriting like a lot of different people who covered the AVGN theme. And you got to it. <laughs> this is good. And I got right to it. I had a little flute that, that I had from vacation. I was like, I've got nothing to lose. Let's give it a shot. I remember that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you told me you were going to do it. Like you were like totally shameless about it. Why not? And how did that go over for you? It was an awful video that no one watched. It's still available. <laughs> you can check it out. It's still available. We'll put it in the episode notes. I had a little lay on, you know, with the flowers. Right. It was really, really awful. Really did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still up and there. It's still up there? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really bad. Very <laughs> awful. I remember it being very bad. Um, now, you still didn't answer the question about critical failure and the whole, oh, the whole yeah, yeah. cartoon um, and the sorry, block the, thing. The, and- I, I had this weird idea that like I would do a bunch of different cartoons and critical failure was supposed to be like not myself, but a cartoon that I was doing and I would do several different ones. Right. But when I made that little face thing, I discovered that animation is hard. <laughs> so I kind of drifted away from that idea. And I was like, yeah, I think this is the only one I'm going to do. See, this is why I, I relate to Alex because he's lazy. You know, I definitely and I have a very large, lazy thread going right through my body. To be fair, though, those first few videos back when I was using Windows Movie Maker for Windows XP, the way I did that was I had six different frames of animation with the mouth in a different position. Yes. And I would take the audio of just me talking and I would look at the wave pattern and I would put the frame down based on where the wave pattern was going and that's how i could make it match perfectly nice so i didn't just make a i didn't make a gif that that like just went over top of it so that the mouth would just move arbitrarily i made it match and that took forever like like all day it it did look really good so the louder the wave is the bigger the mouth is open the more open the mouth yes correct Mm-hmm. And then if it was flat, then you would have to you'd have to make it blink so that it didn't look like just the mouth was moving. I had an extra one where the eyes would shut and then open. Now, did you have um, frames where the eyes were blinking and the mouth was open? No, but that would have been smart. So then I could have made him. <laughs> well, it's while he was talking. I'm actually I'm actually doing this. I'm doing the, that very thing, but I wasn't going to use the waves. I was just going to ear, ear it, you know, just you're making a cartoon, Chris, not a cartoon, but there is an animated bit in something I'm doing. Using the waves is uh, I found it's good because then you can lay down like 20 or 30 frames before you have to go back and check it. The only problem is you have to make sure and not like whatever soundtrack you put on, you have to dub after the animation is done because otherwise it's going to come out looking awful. OK, yeah. So that's that. Those are cartoons. Very interesting. I very, very quickly got lazy and just started just putting blinking mouths. And then I, that dropped off the face of the earth altogether. I still, <laughs> I still have the animations somewhere, but it was long ago enough that they're in a 4-3 aspect ratio. 
dude, can you bring it back? Like, I, I, I loved your old intro and the car going over the bridge and the kung fu music. Sure. Dude, bring yeah. it back. Like, I don't want to do one every week, but I certainly want to, like, dust it off whenever I'm moved to. Yeah. You know, you seem to be, like, you're a big PC gamer. So, like, what kind of got you interested in that? My dad was a computer programmer in the 80s. Oh, wow. And uh, the very first video game I ever saw was when I was four years old, and it was uh, Space Quest on his IBM 386 computer. Yes. And that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I didn't play that game first, but that was the first game I saw. I was the youngest of five kids, so, like, uh, you know, last in line for a lot of things. <laughs> After that, he bought us he bought us a Nintendo. We got an NES uh, Christmas in 1988, and we had that for several years, so that was where I really kind of got hooked it's hazy where things went from there but i do remember very clearly being able to operate ms dos at four years old you're like a savant (laughs) when it comes to ms (laughs) ms dos so i met you in uh magfest 2013 january 2013 yeah i missed Um, you guys too at the the next magfest i was kind of hoping that you might you know like email me or text me and be like hey vintage come with me to magfest but but you never did do you want to come this year i'm gonna you... come i'm gonna come i decided what? i'm gonna go do back. you, I you come were like me? anti-magfest i'm going back to magfest <laughs> and we're you... gonna we're gonna hang out and we're also gonna hang out with mr mailbag and he's gonna buy me some margaritas it's gonna be a good time i like i i, I do very much appreciate the way i got to meet nes complex because I wasn't. I had never heard of your work before that. So, <laughs> what when I, I met Vintage, she was like, "Here's the great NES complex," and I was like, "Oh, hey, guy." <laughs> but then, That's... then we hung out, and then after we all went our separate ways, I went and looked at some of your videos, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's pretty good." Did you sub to him? I did. Yes. Okay, right. <laughs> there you go, Chris. You have a fan. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was gonna say though is like so. So one of the most memorable things, though, was when we went looking for food. And we went to that red place, ketchup. (laughs) Yes. And in my in my video, there's like a really awesome like part where like I start talking about like we should go get some food. And you're like, there's there's one place that I refuse to go to. It's that ketchup restaurant. And then the very next cut is like you looking there. at the menu right at yeah. ketchup. <laughs> this coming MAGFest, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing my son for one day. Nice. And he, nice. He'll be five years old, so we're kind of excited about it. That's a big thing for him. So next question is, you mentioned you're a big PC gamer, and, and I do know this about you even mm-hmm. today. So I wanted to ask you, how many Steam games do you have currently? Do you want me to pop in and look and give you the exact yeah, number? Pop, pop it up. All right, stand by. Opening up my pop Steam Pop in or pop up? The Steam community is currently unavailable. Please try again later. Regards, Steam. Error 503 service unavailable. Serious? <laughs> yes, 100% serious. Dude. The, the, the number is is around 940 Steam games. Holy crap, you're right. I, I just tried to connect too. Yeah. yeah um, could not connect to the Steam network. It appears that you are not currently connected to the internet. <laughs> Really? How are we talking exactly? With the internet. <laughs> 10 out of 10. But Steam tells me I'm not connected. Would Steam again. 
Oh wait, now it's asking for my pass. They're just full of hot air. Yeah, what's my family? It, it, it asked me for the family code. Do they know to keep my kids from playing dirty games or whatever? And I put it in, and then it says the same thing, unavailable. What are some of your favorite games to play on Steam? Uh, my absolute favoritist game, which I guess in the last couple of days I'm starting to drift away from, is a game called Trouble in Terrace Town, huh. which is a little bit more of a, I guess, a game mode. It's for Gary's mod rather than a game. It's like a mod that was built over a game, which was a mod built over another game. <laughs> okay, stop. Follow me? No. Okay. So explain, first of all, Gary's mod, because you, you gush about this all the time, and you made a couple ah. of videos where you're, like, making random stuff and, like, throwing it around in a room. Like, so what is Gary's mod? Very quickly, Gary's mod is um, a game that was built off of the Half-Life 2 Source engine. And at its core, if you go look at Gary's Mod in the store, it's going to show you a physics sandbox, which means any game that's made with the Source engine that you own, you can call forth all the assets and throw them around in like a sandbox. Like, what's a Source game everybody knows? Like uh, Counter-Strike Source or Team Fortress 2. You can get the Team Fortress 2 characters as ragdolls and just throw them around. (laughs) So I I have some videos of doing that, but... um, (laughs) People have taken that and then made multiplayer modes from that that are actual games like um, Watermelon Race, where people like take possession of watermelons and they roll them down hills and you try and race each other or whatever. Um, <laughs> Trub- yeah, yeah, Trouble in Terrace Town is, is one of those modes where it uses the resources from ca- Counter-Strike Source. So that's my favorite game, but you have to own Gary's Mod and you have to own Counter-Strike Source. <laughs> Good game. Wow. This seems like a lot of work to me. Uh, I had both of those games already when I found out about it. But don't you have to do a thing with the thing to make it work? Or Well, you got to install them both. It sounds complicated. It's not as complicated as it sounds. As a matter of fact, it's. I'm, I'm really glad you bring that up because PC gaming as a whole, drifting away from this whole Gary's Mod thing, yeah. PC gaming as a whole has the stigma of being the most complicated uh, platform. Yes. And it... it, it in the past, it has been for a very long time. Um, but now that we have Steam, one click, install, one one click, play. That's it. And now they have this thing called the Workshop, which is uh, they take all of the mods for one of those for whatever game that has Workshop support, and it's one click, and the mod is installed. In the late '90s, when Counter Strike was still a free uh, mod for Half Life, you had to download uh, the update for half-life and then you had to download the the counter-strike mod and then you had to download the update for the counter-strike mod now keep in mind all this was going on a dial-up so wow. it took it took all day to set that up all day so it's gotten a lot easier now than it than it, it, it used to be thanks to steam and a lot of steam's competitors also uh gog gog.com is a great mm-hmm. service oh uh, i love that site you introduced me to that and so the, the nice thing about GOG is that it's, so it's DRM free, right? Mm-hmm. So you actually can download the executable file and it's like yours to keep and cuddle. And it's a, it gives me a nice warm fuzzy because I can take it, I can burn it to a disc and be like, I, I have this game. And um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else in my private life. <laughs> I have this game. I lost my train of thought. Alex, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. Go to bed. No, I have the game. 
Um, man, darn it. What was I going to say? About You're talking that? about GOG, warm fuzzies, DRM free. You like the service. I don't know. I just <laughs> oh, well. like, I just like it. You, what, you, what all do you play from there? I, I got the blood games. Ooh, and nice. I, was, I was playing through that. I, I got Duke Nukem 3D. Good choice. Um, I think Shadow Warrior. Mm, very good choice. Yes. You want to wash wing? <laughs> or watch wing, wash wing? <laughs> That's my favorite quote from Shadow Warrior. <laughs> I used to build levels for that game. They made like a remake. I, I talked about it one time or they announced they were going to do like a HD version of Shadow Warrior. It's, it's on my Steam want list. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. They want like 30 bucks for it or something like that. Yeah, but that's one of those things where it's like, unless it's a wildly popular game, and when I mean wildly popular, I mean like top of the sales charts all the time, you can guarantee that it's going to go on sale for a great deal mm-hmm. at some point. And the the Shadow Warrior, the new title, is is exactly that. That's gone down to like 8 bucks or cheaper on several occasions. Yeah, I must have just missed it. So so that reminds me. I want I want to ask you what you thought about the Steam Summer Sale because I I thought that it sucked. It was uh the worst sale, the worst major holiday sale since I started playing on Steam. Right? Okay, good. Now I feel validated because I consider you like a Steam expert. But um you made the statement at one point that and this I want to say it exactly how you worded it. You said, "I don't like multiplayer games." Okay, that's fair. So, <laughs> is that how he worded it? That was exactly how he said it. Because I remember later that evening thinking, "Wait a second, Contra, you know, is multiplayer. You know, ice hockey on the NES is multiplayer." Yeah, but it's a couch. What do they call it? Couch. Couch multiplayer. Co-op. Co- couch yeah, co-op. Local I- co-op. Whatever. Local multiplayer is far, far superior. But it would make sense then why you wouldn't amass a big friends list on Steam. Right. Because that's normally people get in touch with each other so that they can play. That is the purpose. Y- you know, internet multiplayer and whatnot. Yeah, I know. And I think you and me are supposed to play something together. I think we talked about that one time. I forget what game it was. But... Really? I never thought I was able to talk you into playing anything online on Steam. <laughs> what well, game? Tell you know, me. We Let's might play. I'll have to look at my library, but I can't access it because Steam isn't working. It's. Uh, I think it's working now. <laughs> I can't get it to come up. Okay. All right. Next question. Well, I just wanted to know some, uh, just as a way of also getting to know you, since you kind of didn't really elaborate when I said, tell me more about yourself. I think we ended up talking about Irate Gamer again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's um, a little, you know, he likes to kind of keep a low profile. But like, like oh, yeah. personally? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just change. Yeah. We don't have to get too personal. Okay. But <laughs> bring it down. But you know he asked he asked some like what your you know favorite games on Steam. Do you have like a favorite system and game maybe you know of all time? Like what My is favorite it that, games of all time yeah. are a cross between River City Ransom on the Nintendo, just bar none the greatest beat 'em up that will ever be. Local um, multiplayer. local multiplayer. There was a game that uh, that w- p- paid a very very close homage to it that was really popular for a while. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. You guys might remember when everybody was playing that for a little while. Yep. That game is nearly a carbon copy of River City Ransom. Hmm. Wonderful, wonderful game. Go beat people up, take their money, take that money to the mall and spend it on groceries, which then make ah. you stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, love that game. That was probably my first experience with a local multiplayer co-op game where you could turn on your, on your partner 
it wasn't the first game to do it i know but like my friends and i would play and it would just devolve into us beating each other with pipes and (laughs) and tires and and whatever it's marvelous marvelous game ladies and gentlemen go look it up wonderful Uh, now you played that as a a kid then Uh uh-huh yep okay that that was actually the first video game i ever owned that belonged to me was was river city ransom fun factoid i bought my copy from pat the nes punk for ten dollars at magfest really (laughs) back in 2012 i bought stuff from him too but from his i bought like a bunch of atari games from his ebay account Mm. i got some atari games i could send you by the way yeah we were supposed to do a um the, the flea market, right? I had a box of stuff. I have like Tiger Electronic games I was going to give you. And yep, yep. Things. We're we're gonna do it. Let's put it on the calendar. Got to get oh, yep. got to get the fams together. Our boys got to hang out. Yeah, for sure. They're, um, they're almost the same age. My son was asking about you for months, months after that. That one time. <laughs> what, what did he say? Um, I don't want to drop your real name. We'll, we'll assign yeah. a, a, another word instead of your real name. How about vintage? Uh, vintage, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah how about so Sherlock? Is, is... <laughs> <laughs> where's 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 Sherlock? Is, is does Sherlock live close to us? Is he? He kept asking if you were like coming over and stuff, which is really funny because I remember us going to like a we went to a a, a McDonald's or something, and yep. he was like just going bonkers oh yeah have you ever seen like a three-year-old who really needs to be at a park and isn't yeah that no, was he, he was a trooper like we went to that outdoor flea market then we went to the indoor flea market <laughs> and then we went to mcdonald's yeah i'm yeah. glad we did that though because that indoor flea market which to be fair is really a furniture consignment shop that just happens to have a video game rack for no reason right um i went back there with my family and we ended up buying a bunch of furniture from there Excellent. Yeah, so that was a that was a good deal. Bonus. So, is it fair to say maybe favorite console NES? Then I don't know. That's that's tough to say because I don't really play my NES a whole lot these days. Like, there's certain like landmark games like that one was just so huge for me. Another game that's really really big for me uh, that that's tied for favorite game of all time. The other game that it's tied with is is Wizardry Five for the Super Nintendo, and uh, I, I have a long long history with Wizardry, which is known as one of the most brutal and hated of all rpgs um but something about that game i don't know it was one one of the very early titles my dad brought home for the pc when we played it on the the super nintendo you know they added color to the walls and some music and whatnot and i just locked on it when i was very young and impressionable they added color well, they did. I mean, <laughs> the original Wizardry was like a was like 1979 on the Apple II or something. So you were literally walking around in like lines. You saw lines, and those were your walls, where your imagination would take you off into the depths of a dungeon somewhere. <laughs> but no, they, on, on Super Nintendo, man, they were like red with like bricks and stuff. And I was like, yes, oh, no. the future is here. Wow. Walls on the Super Nintendo were very impressive. <laughs> well, were. at the time, they were impressive. It, it is kind of weird. So you have your YouTube channel. You also have a podcast called Tiger Claw Radio. Not TV. Radio. But it's not really radio. It's actually a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird to call a podcast. So I want, I want you to talk about the Dang, podcast. Dang, just cut me off. Thanks. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Say it again, Chris. Oh, nothing. I was just criticizing using the word radio in a podcast title. Sorry. I know. it's It doesn't make any sense I at all. I started that. 
in uh, um, like maybe three months after I started my YouTube channel because I knew I was getting ready to start school and I wouldn't have time to make videos, but I still wanted to talk about stuff. So um, I started that podcast and my inspirations at the time were not other popular podcasts. My major inspiration at that time was old episodes of Abbott and Costello Mm -hmm. and um, Martin and Lewis which I would download from archive.org and eat that stuff up every single night when I was getting ready to go to sleep. <laughs> so that's why I ended up like, I, I fell into this routine where like I'd play a, a little song or whatever every like 15 minutes or so, because that's what they used to do. Abin Costello and, and Martin Lewis would have in-house bands and they wouldn't do anything for longer than five minutes because think about it. If you're, if you're listening to something like this show, even if you're watching a movie that no scene lasts longer than, you know, a few minutes, unless it's like, unless it's like right there in the climax where all the action is happening. Your show is very unique. And, you know, what's interesting about those inspirations is that you don't do it as a duo like me and Mr. Chris NES complex. You're like a one man show. You do it by yourself. And, and yeah. you know what? It's so good. I want to gush about your podcast because I love it so much. Uh, It's usually, you know, shorter. It's, you know, anywhere from like a half hour to an hour. You know, you do like different segments. You know, one of my favorite segments was when you would record in the van. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I just I love your show and you're so good at it. Thanks, man. Uh, and I love, yeah, you talk intelligently about like freeware games and indie games and it's stuff that people don't talk about enough, I think. And it's it's so interesting to me. So I definitely want to encourage everybody to check it out. Um, you are on iTunes and, and you are on a couple other different spots, but I, I wanted to ask you, please add your show to the Microsoft store so I can actually listen to it on my Windows phone. <laughs> okay and it's very easy that? to do all you have to do is I'll, I'll send you an email and all you have to do is you just Look. email your um your feed to this one email i think it's something simple like podcasts at microsoft.com or something like that and just say please add my feed to the to the thing and then it'll appear in in the microsoft store and i can download it all right, I wrote Microsoft Store in my uh, in my to do list. <laughs> yes. Well, look, in t- in 2019, when I come back for my second visit, <laughs> I'll have it all done. Don't worry. What what second visit? What you- <laughs> no, yes. I-, I want you to do this. It takes two seconds to send the email, and it takes like two days for them to actually do it. Okay. Done and done. Well, not done. I'm done yet, but it's on the to-do list. It's okay. gonna happen. That that works for me. Chris, I hand you the baton. Okay, for my next question, uh, we'd kind of mentioned indie gaming. What are your thoughts about that? I like it. Um, I assume you would. <laughs> <laughs> you have an eclectic taste in games, I would say. It's it's hard for me to say why I I choose indie games over like triple a games more often than not and i think it's just because here's the thing the indie game scene um and let me just say it's not untouchable there's a lot of things that about the indie game scene that i don't like but i'm just going to not dwell on those okay um there's a lot of they do a lot of really innovative things in the indie game scene you see a lot of really great things done first there 
before mm-hmm. they're brought over to you know AAA games or whatever. Um, there's a lot of I bounce around between games a lot. I don't tend to play the same game for several hundred hours, you know, with a few exceptions. And I think a good good evidence of that is my Steam library, and indie games I think uh, accommodate that a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you if you were spend sixty bucks and you know get a AAA title, um, then there's there's a commitment there that you're gonna see that game to the end. You know what I mean? And uh, games are built to try and elongate that as much as possible. I mean, at least that's the expectation we have. It's not always the case, but um, whereas whereas with indie games, you have games like like Surgeon Simulator. That game is not meant to be played for more than 10 minutes at a time. It's just not. It's not. You will stab yourself in the eyeball with something if you try to do that. So I, I, I don't know. I just say the indie game scene has given me a very, very wide array of different experiences. Always something different. Well, they really do take risks that uh, big developers are afraid to take. They have less to lose, I think, also. Well, in some ways they have less to lose, but in other ways it's like they've been banking on it. It's all they got, and if it fails, then they're done. Uh, <laughs> it would seem. You don't agree? Well, I guess I guess it's a case to case thing. Yeah. Some, that's sometimes that's true. Depends on how much they put into the game. There have been cases where people have just tossed games together, and it just you know works out or doesn't. Have you seen that uh, movie uh, indie game? The movie? <laughs> yes, I have. I have seen that. Um, not the hugest fan of of uh, the Philip Fish. Yeah, character. I think that's a general. <laughs> I think many people feel the the same. Do you, uh, you guys uh, hear his latest comments where he spoke out against Let's Players? No, what did he say? He said, "If you're a Let's player, you're stealing from developers, and they should get a huge portion of your money. <laughs> not just wow. like a not just like a little penance, like like a huge portion." I had never even heard of the guy until I said something about I liked Fez on Twitter. And right away, everybody attacked me. Fish is a jerk. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. It's tough to stumble into that conversation not knowing what's what. I think that the the de facto work on Phil Fish is by a YouTuber who calls himself the Lonely Goomba. Are you familiar with this guy? I've Mm -mm. heard the name. He did a – he does animated stuff, far, far better animated stuff than than what I did. Um. He had a video with, with the, 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 the signature Goomba from Mario Brothers with, that, with a monocle and a top hat discussing Phil Fish as an unwashed gentleman. <laughs> and I think That's the video that he did? Yeah, it was it, The Lonely Goomba is the name of his channel. Oh, but I, I think that was like a, a gentleman spinoff or something of his regular series. But I'll see if I can uh, rustle up the link when we're off the air. Anyway, that's the thing that is on the internet. Up. So, Chris, how about just I'll do one last question and then we can move into the next segment. Um, So, Alex, why do you like the Ouya? Because you and um, TV and Lust, I think, are the only. Well, okay, Gamester bought one. I think the three of you are the only people I know that actually bought one. And out of those three, I think you're the only one that still plays it. I want to develop for it, for one thing, because there's no license fee to develop for it. I have to pay to get... I have Multimedia Fusion 2, which came out in a bundle um, for, for very, very uh, cheap. So I'll need to pay for, for an Android license, which is 100 bucks, And then after that, I can make games and they show up on the console. So that's one reason why I like it. Another reason why I like it is because... Hold on a second. <laughs> Emulation! <laughs> that's another reason why I like it. Um, <laughs> Multiplayer on the Ouya means couch multiplayer. 
there is very, very little online multiplayer on the Ouya. It is a very couch multiplayer friendly system. And you know what we need to do is an overnight hangout session. And we'll play Ouya together. Because Sounds I've never great. I've never played it. And you can make me an Ouya believer. <laughs> yeah, that Ooh, sounds yeah. good. I brought my Ouya to Magfest last year, and one of the highlights of the of the the event was I ended up playing my uh, Ouya in the in the the room with my friend James for Ooh. six hours. If that's not a ringing endorsement of Magfest, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> I'm going to get back on the MAGFest train because it's really about hanging out with people and it's not so much about the convention. Like when Chris came, you know, like a couple years ago, that made my MAGFest. Like, you know, Aww. being able to, yeah, meet Chris in person and hang out with him and, you know, like play games and stuff. That was the best. Oh, for sure. Chris, now for the reject recap, we have a little bit of a conundrum here because we've run out of buffers featuring our past guests and we have one buffer left that we haven't used. It's of Shady J. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the question that I put to you is, do we use that buffer even though we haven't had the game chasers on the show? For sure. Okay. He's the first one who sent it to me. This is Shady J, and you're listening to the Reject Recap, where NES Complex and Vintage Video Game Geek go on and on endlessly about all the boring crap they've done since the last episode. Did you guys see how they're currently driving to um, Canada and somebody broke into their car and like stole uh, all their crap? No. That sucks, man. I didn't heard that yet. Yeah, I saw it on Billy's Twitter. All right, so um, Alex, uh, this is the Reject Recap, where we talk about all the things that we've been doing since our last podcast. So basically since about June 15th, uh, from then until now, uh, what have you been up to as far as like hmm. gaming, movies, hmm. TV? Hmm. Yeah. Um, you okay? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I just want to do that for another 45 minutes. No, Sounds, I had a... sound like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been playing some video games. Okay. Uh, I was in the hospital recently. I had a family member in the hospital, which was nothing serious. It's like something that came and went. Not, don't have to dwell on that. Everything was okay. But okay. Uh, end result was I ended up chilling in a hospital room with no bed overnight. Mm. And I ended up playing the original Castle Wolfenstein oh, yeah. for MS-DOS wow. from the 80s. I played that for like seven hours Ooh. nonstop. It's like, yes, yes, yes. Go, go, go. Open the chest. Open the chest. 200 seconds. Great. It's Bratwurst. Let's go to the next floor. Shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot. Love that game. So I played that a lot. You um, did a video on that, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yes. Yeah. And you, you asked me a question about um, about raising and lowering the cycles, which I, I never took the time to answer. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. By the way, it's Control F11 and Control F12 or 10. Oh, that's too complicated. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's either that or wait 200 seconds to find out the chest actually has Bratwurst in it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing the last couple nights. I started playing Final Fantasy 3 on the Ouya, which I got in a sale a few months back that's a good game this is the uh japanese three so 
I, 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 I'm not exactly sure where the game comes from. I think this is a port of like a DS game. How much that cost? Uh, normally it costs twenty bucks, but I got it on sale for five. Not bad. Yeah, that's I, kind of my limit. Like that five bucks is kind of the most I'll pay for a especially down. on Ouya. I mean, a, a lot of the games in there are free anyway. Five bucks will get you pretty far. Mm-hmm. They just released the Double Dragon trilogy, like uh, the arcade ports of it. Ooh. Which we, talk, we talked about that on the show when we had Greg from Arcade Impossible, and he totally wrecked the whole segment. He said you could just get it for your like emulator. Oh yeah, yeah, you can totally get <laughs> name, but yeah, my goodness, it's two ninety nine. Is it really? And these these two ninety nine, and these are guys, and I like. Oh man, I don't want to bet. This is the show where I bash my friends. No, <laughs> these guys like spend tons of money on arcade machines, and they get like. There's no more expensive hobby in video games. There is no more expensive hobby. And it's like two ninety nine. No, no, you go ahead and bash Greg because he wrecked that segment. <laughs> and I still haven't forgiven him. Two ninety nine. <laughs> Get out of here. We love you, Greg. Those guys are awesome. Yes. So what else have you got for us? Um well, Entertain I, I, us. I have a four year old daughter uh, four month old daughter. So congratulations. It's difficult, like yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. Playing video games, um, it's been co- in short bursts, um, and they're they're few and far between. But I, I have written here on my list Final Fantasy III Descent, which I played recently for the first time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. No, um, is that the board game? Descent was actually uh, like first person shooter, but you're in a plane. Their big gimmick was like 360 degrees, like you could flip over and like walk and go on the ceiling because you're in a plane, right? It was kind of designed to be played with a flight stick as opposed to, you know, with a keyboard and whatnot. That's, that was pretty good. It's a better game than I expected it to be. Apart from that, still making regular thrift store trips, although I think I'm getting older because I'm starting to pass on stuff I wouldn't pass on. I was at the thrift store <laughs> just yesterday with my family, and I saw, um, I saw a. Uh, copy of the original need for speed for the playstation one i mean that was a first year title so if you guys remember the first year playstation one games came oh, yeah. in these really tall uh, ridiculous boxes that i just loved Long to death box, yeah yeah and uh, i passed on that i'm kind of kicking myself for it that's been about it that hanging out with the family you know well um over the years i've acquired a lot of games that are um well maybe not a lot but I, i've been picking up repros a lot because i feel like i've milked dry the games that i really want to play that were released in the states or whatever so i've been picking up some super famicom games or games that were released in japan or europe um that have been had reproductions made and brought over here so i finally played the fireman which um ram vox sent me from japan so it's super famicom and i don't have a super famicom i don't even have a modded super nintendo but i can play it on the super boy so i was playing fireman and yes it's in japanese but it's pretty straightforward it doesn't take a whole lot to figure out i did get stuck for a while i think that japanese would have helped it's essentially um we talked about it before but it's an isometric you're just going around putting out fires trying to rescue people and Hmm. you fight giant or not giant, but you fight different kinds of fire creatures with your water hose. And there's like a, a water grenade sort of thing. You have a little guy that helps you along the way. It's a pretty unique concept. And I guess there was actually even a sequel released on the PlayStation Fireman 2, but it got even less attention. It's actually very fun, though. And when I went, I used to look at 
you know, Japanese release only games, I'd go down the list and see which games were considered uh, hits that we just never got. And that's one that always showed up on lists. So it's really fun if you can track it down. I know that that is done as a repro, though. I think that it was released in Europe. So I think so. I think there, yeah, there is an English translation of it. I caution you about looking too deeply into the Japanese sequels that we didn't get in the States because that can be pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> well, I kind of stick to Super Nintendo, though, so it's a little less heartbreaking. But Gotcha. It, I know what you mean. It is kind of sad. And then there's a game called Cotton 100%. I like shoot 'em ups And this is unique. You play as like a girl, like a witch, and you're riding a broom, and little fairy follows you around, sort of like the option in... Um, in a great gradius, gradius, whatever. Uh, but it's a beautiful game. I, I really regret that we didn't get it here because it is very like of for shoot 'em ups. It's just got lush backgrounds, multiple scrolling backgrounds that are just very beautiful, well drawn, and it's just sad to miss something like that. But anyway, and then the third one that I played uh, for a while is called King of Demons, and I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's very similar to Castlevania, except you don't have a whip; you have a gun. So it's Castlevania with a gun. Is there a delay between when you push the button and when you actually shoot? Like in Castlevania, how he brings the whip back before he throws it out? No. No, it's pretty instant. But you can hold down the button and charge up the bullet, and then it's like a big old fireball kind of thing. Oh, this looks awesome. I'm looking at gameplay. Well, all three of those games, all three of them are constantly listed on games that if you want them that are overseas, like the top ten games from Japan that we didn't get. Right. And Terranigma is another one of those. Oh, wait. You turn into like a dragon or something at one point? King of Demons? Yeah. I, hadn't, I haven't got that far. Yeah. Personally, I'd love to get my hands on a copy of Rockman Exiles for the NES. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> I just might. Have you bought many repros? Mm, no, but I, I haven't bought any repros yet. But I did actually go as far as to get a hold of a donor card for that game. Uh, Rad Racer. Will work. Oh, wow. okay. So that's not too difficult. Mm-hmm. Xenophobe. And then there's some cool. I haven't played it yet, but Greg actually ordered for me a uh, uh, Super Metroid Zero Mission, which is I guess they they took things that are like Zero Mission for the Game Boy Advance, and they built it out of the Super Metroid pieces. I, I think they redesigned entire sprites and levels. I mean, it's nothing like Super Metroid. It looks like Zero Mission. But it huh. plays like Super Metroid. And, you know, there are a ton of Super Metroid games. There's Super Metroid Phazon, Super Metroid Eris, Super Metroid Redesign, and uh, Super Metroid Zero Mission is one that I've heard a lot about lately. It's, I think it's a newer mod or hack. But these hacks, that there's something really cool about those, too. And I think, um, is Rockman Exile a hack, or is that a... That is a hack of, of Mega Man 2. Okay. Now, is it, like, redesigned? I know, I, I don't remember if I was looking at Exile. I was looking at some Mega Man hacks. Um, it's, yeah, it's redesigned. The, the levels are completely remixed, so they're all changed. And the boss, the bosses remain recognizable and intact. Like, Flashman is still Flashman, okay. et cetera, et cetera. But their behavior has been changed drastically. So it's very, very high difficulty Mega Man. And a lot of core Mega Man fans will tell you to stay away from such ports because they're such hacks, I should say, because they can be they can be soul crushingly difficult. It is. Well, you know, that's what I usually hear is just like with hacks is that they're just more difficult. And I don't know why that is. Why would you want to make them just more difficult? It's it's designed to be um, played with a save state feature. If you play, okay. uh, 
the more difficult Mega Man games with a save state feature, you know, and They're game facts good. handy. They're not that difficult. But Rockman Exiles, you know, it's it's designed to adjust to that. So, but yeah. I've seen that with a lot of hacks, and you're right; they did have save states. I'm sure there are plenty of hacks which are not feasible anyway. But that's one that I just I don't know. I managed to deal with. Have you seen is is Exile the one where they have like the Mario level in Mega Man? No, no, no. This have is, you seen that though? I have not seen that. No. That might be Mega Man Universe or World. No, it's not Universe, but there is a Mega Man hack that is a Mega Man Two hack. I think it's two. It might be might be three. But uh, you play in Super Mario World One, but you're still shooting everything. You know, you shoot you shoot the Goombas. You don't want to jump on them. That will kill you. So it's kind of like a it's messing with your mind. I think there would be certain universal truths about playing Mega Man that I wouldn't be able to shake. But I, strangely, it still had that whole Mega Man structure. You know, in a, a Mega Man level, when you get to the midway point, you usually fall down, and there's this sort of like, uh, I don't know, C-shaped little bit that you have to go around so, so you can continue on. And then when you die, you'll restart there in that midpoint. Um, they still have that in this Mario-themed level. Hmm. It's really trippy. But anyway, yeah, hacks. They're pretty rad, and I've been looking, at lo- looking into even getting more of those. I kind of feel like I need to... Um, I need to get like some of the Metroid and Mega Man hacks. Actually, there's a good. I think there's a good uh, Super Mario World hack, dinosaur, something with dinosaurs, Dinosaur World maybe. And there's another, a couple good Zelda ones, Parallel Worlds, and. I'm personally a big fan of Zelda Outlands. Outlands, yeah. It's a hack of the first Zelda game. I love it. The the classic. uh, It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. That guy's nowhere to be found. You got to go out and find that sword. Yeah, the sword's out there. But so is that one really difficult too? Um, not Rockman Exiles difficult. It's difficult, but I think only in that Zelda, if you played it without talking to anybody who knew about it, some of the solutions are a little bit off the wall. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, so you're kind of starting from scratch again. So in that way, it's difficult. I think hacks have always sort of just fascinated me because uh, there was a an editor called MetEdit that let you take the original Metroid and screw with it. And it was very easy to do. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't know anything about programming, it was easy to mess with it and move items around. And um, You kind of had to understand the code behind their map. Like items had to be on a certain plane within the overall map. They couldn't overlap with other items. It's kind of strange. Like on the grid of the entire map, it had to be sort of in certain locations. But you could tweak everything else, the color palettes and the, the objects themselves, and, and it made for some very interesting games. So I tried to make one. I didn't get very far, but I think a lot of, there are a lot of original Metroid hacks out there that are pretty good. Are you there, Vintage? I am. I, I just, I'm being quiet because I don't like hacks. Because <laughs> it, it, I think it's my OCD. It's like, I think I'm just more of like a purist when it comes to that kind of thing. Like, I'm, I'm down with the reproduction cards of games that were unreleased here okay, in America. But, but tell me, okay, so one yeah. of your favorite games is Bionic Commando. If there was a hack that lets you have more 8-bit Bionic Commando, you wouldn't be into that? no i don't think i could do it 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 would be like no it would just feel wrong to me my favorite quote on exactly what you're talking about um back in 2010 on uh retroware tv and their forums someone asked the question what is your favorite hack of mega man 2 and the first response was mega man 3 through (laughs) 6 nice that's true (laughs) now it goes all the way to 10 and 11 
By the way, uh, vintage. I, I I remember the last time I saw you, I gave you that uh, that controller, that USB controller. That like yep. the mock. How'd yep. that work out? Did you ever get to play a Little Samson or whatever it was called? Never, never used it. It's still sitting here on my shelf. I've just got it in my hand right now. There you go. <laughs> here it is. Still got the price tag on it. Yeah, I I totally mean to uh, to, to do that. Um, I need to download the emulator. I want to play the game i've never played that either yeah i feel like there could be something there i think there might be there seems to be a lot of fuss about that game the next thing that i've been working on you know i i've done the whole universal game case thing with uh nes super nintendo nintendo 64 all those games so they look great on the shelf but i had this other problem game boy games there's no there was in my opinion no really great way to display them okay you know they're 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 all tiny and cute and everything, but they come in those little hard cases and they don't really display right. Um, you don't want to. There was some people talked about modifying DS cases that had a Game Boy Advance slot. You'd have to like saw off some of the plastic inside, and it just was really annoying. I thought, but I remember seeing a long time ago the idea of taking cassette cases, um, old school tapes, taking the cases. You can clip off one of the prongs. And the game fits in there perfectly. And so a group of people had started making a lot of uh, inserts for those. And so I, I thought about it for a while. But then when I realized, you know, I could use that for Game Boy, for Game Boy Advance, for even Turbo Graphics games. And they would all be uniform. And you could get one of those like wall-mounted cassette racks and put everything on there. You know, when you have a lot of games and they're loose anyway, it doesn't really matter if you have the box. But having them in these cassette cases where you can browse them quickly and, you, you know, they don't have end labels on these things. is kind of annoying. So, um, so I started it. And it actually has been surprisingly easy. In fact, I'd say it's easier than universal game cases. It's less expensive. There's less modification involved. Uh, printing inserts, there's less ink. Uh, all everything about it has been really easy, and it looks amazing. So, huh? So uh, how how do you display them? Like by the by the side labels? Yeah, by the yeah the side. Okay, and then you just kind of stack them up on a shelf somewhere. Well, no, I bought one of those wall mounts. Um, I think it's from Napa Valley. Well. You can fit a hundred uh, tapes in it. Oh. So it just looks awesome, you know. That's also to a great show way you to do your cool. loose Genesis cards. Yeah, Genesis loose Genesis, cards for sure. A lot of people have mentioned that. Uh, and that that's another good reason to have those tape uh, uh, wall mount type things anyway. But man, this looks great. I'll have to, when I'm finished, I mean, I printed most of it. I haven't just put it all together yet. Mm -hmm. But the few that I have put together and the images that I've seen online about it, uh, it really sold me on the idea. Now, I was really worried that clipping off that prong in the tape case was going to crack the plastic. It is so freaking easy. Like, I can't even believe how, I mean, it's one clip and it's done. The whole thing just pops off so easy. What do you use to do that? I'm using end nippers. Okay. Yep. And I used to use those for universal game cases and it drove me nuts because there's so many things you have to clip. Right. But with this, it's, the ones I bought were from, um, I forget what it's called, NAC, something audio, so I forget what, what it's called, but um, I'm thinking I'll make a video about it and I'll, I'll talk about it, where I got the tapes, uh, the cases and everything. Um, but it, they have three, like each prong has sort of like three sides, like a little uh, 
I don't know how you say it, just three little bits that come off the side that would hold the tape in place. But one clip pops the whole thing off. So easy. Now, to fit turbo games, you have to clip both off. Ooh, whoop-de-doo. It takes an extra second, literally. I, I went through 50 cases today in, a, in like less than five minutes. I'm not exaggerating. So everything about it is great. The only problem is that Cover Project doesn't have these, really. I mean, it, it's something that a lot of people in the Cover Project forums have talked about. And I found a video on YouTube, this guy, Asian Sleepy, where he talked about it. He was doing it, and he put links to other people that have built some covers. So I pulled a lot off of that, but I've had to make a lot of my own. And it really hasn't been that hard. I'm, I'm just taking the art from Google or the cover project anyway and just shrinking it to fit a template. It's very simple. And the Turbo Graphics games, no one that I've seen has done that at all. Like I haven't found it anywhere. But that's been really easy, too. Once I made the template, like really all I'm doing is finding the cover art and dropping it in. And I found a font for the side text uh, of the games that looks kind of like the Turbo Graphics font. I think it's just Arial, believe it or not, that almost matches theirs identically. Just type in the name and put the cover art and it's good to go. I think when people see this, they're going to realize that it, it is very, it looks really awesome. And it's going to be... Uh, motivating like i think for a hundred cases shipped it was 37 dollars. do you hate this too vintage you're quiet again what are you talking about well He's you hated something else. He wasn't listening <laughs> whenever you're quiet I, i'm assuming i hate this i no, can hear his keyboard i love cassette cases <laughs> I'm, I'm actually thinking to myself where on earth who still makes these i'm i'll wait for the video but i'm i'm kind of interested to find out where you i actually them. still listen to my cassettes from time to time <laughs> Wow. So old school. I got a hold of a boombox with a working tape player six months ago and it gets some use. Oh, yeah. National Audio Company. Oh, he's going to blow it. He's blowing it right here. Folks. National Audio Company in Springfield, Missouri. What about you, Vintage? Well, uh, I went on a little vacation uh, the last couple weeks. Got the family, piled in the minivan, drove down to Florida. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> um, while I was there, did a little retro game hunting. Um, it was interesting. Like, you know, when I first got back into town, like where I used to live, I, I went online. I did a search for the retro game stores. There was only the one play and trade had survived. There used to be about three or four and mm. they all closed down except for this one. And then I did another search and about three or four like mom and pops had had popped up, um, which I thought was really interesting. And so I went to investigate those and it was horrible. Like ev everything was so overpriced. Um, I think I only bought one thing from one of those stores. I bought Contra the Alien Wars for the original Game Boy for 10 bucks because mm. I figured that was about the going rate. Because um, I, I tried to get this on eBay a few times and been outbid, you know, at like 10. So I just went ahead and pulled the trigger on that. And another one I actually did pick up. Uh, they, they had mismarked uh, GTA 4 and the episodes from Liberty City, like the combo pack. They had mismarked it as like $9.99 and there were like two of them and one, it usually goes for more like at GameStop, it usually goes for like 15 or or more, but 
and they had one priced at like 18 bucks and one at 9.99 so i took the one that was marked 9.99 i think yeah um i i also picked up a wii game it's mad dog mccree the gunslinger pack i picked this up for like six bucks it has um Mad Dog McCree, Mad Dog 2, and then something called The Last Bounty Hunter. I don't hmm. know. I used to play the first Mad Dog game like at my childhood arcade. So I was like, oh, this this looks pretty cool. I haven't played it yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, the game store sucked, man. Like everything was, like I said, it was just the prices were outrageous. Um, and you know what really ticked me off is this one. You, you go in there and they didn't have prices on anything, right? And so uh, there was, they had a quake for the Sega Saturn sitting there on the wall. I'm mm. like, I'm like, how much, for, how much for that? You know? And uh, she's like, well, hold on, let me check. And so she goes on the computer and I know she's looking up eBay prices, oh right? So she comes back, she's like 30. And I just kind of stared at her and she's like, yes, no. And I'm like, uh, no. Wow. <laughs> Did you count? So, so then I, <laughs> Did you then counteroffer? I, no. No, I, I didn't because I was so insulted. Um, so then I walked around the store. I saw another game. I forget what that was. And she was like 25. And, you know, same thing. I just kind of walked on. And then this guy comes in, trades in like a whole bunch of Genesis games, right? And, you know, she gives them maybe like, I don't know, like a few bucks for him. And so I'm looking at the stack. The guy leaves and she kind of walks off. And I look at the stack and there's a Back to the Future 3. So I grab it and I open it and, you know, there's no manual, but it's the cart and box. I go, hey, how much for this? And she's like, let me check. And so she goes on eBay, 20 bucks. (sighs) And I'm thinking to myself, you just gave this guy like 50 cents for this. And I'm just like, I'm out of here. These these places will be closed. When I come here next year, I guarantee you they'll all be shut down. There'll be nothing left. That that one plane trade that survives, you know why they survive is because they always, always, always sell drugs on the side. <laughs> <laughs> no, they Case do close, Sherlock. They do, oh, they Sherlock. do buy two get one free on all used games, and they have done this since like way back in the day when I used to live there. And you know what? Like their prices are pretty reasonable on like most things and so that's why they survive because people they move merchandise because people come in and they go oh hey if i buy two i get one free and they're they sell games these other stores that are charging ebay prices who's gonna buy that stuff you might get some idiot you know once in a while that's gonna go in there and pay that but they can't sustain a business what they don't understand is that the the price that sells for on ebay is the winning bidder which means a lot of other people bid and did not they weren't willing to spend that much so just because one person's willing to spend that much doesn't mean everyone is you have to you have to undercut whatever ebay's saying if you operate a, a business front like that it's retarded Kind of never understand like it, it. It's based on the assumption that like we all don't know what eBay is. <laughs> like all of your customers have access to this service as well. I mean, why have a friggin' store? If you're gonna charge eBay prices, why have overhead? Why rent a store? Why hire employees? Just sell the games on eBay. Yeah, it you know what? Sense. 
Um, but I wanted to tell you guys my major fail at the flea market. Um, was it a critical failure? Oh, yes, it was. It was. Well, I did pick up Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland uh, for ten bucks, which, eh, you know, that's about again market price for that. Yeah. No, no, no special deal on that. But it was on my want list, so I did knock off like three games on my want list. But so I go to this one guy, and he's a nice guy. He's got like this Xbox sitting there and I'm all like, hey, you know, I'm looking for an Xbox because of the special project that I want to work on. Chris, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. So I'm like, I need this extra Xbox and um, it's sitting there and I'm like, hey, how much for that? And the guy's like, eh, you know, you know, 40 bucks. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm like, do you have the cables? No. Have you tested it? No. I go, dude, really? Come on, ten bucks. That's that's the most you're gonna get for that. He's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, come on, ten bucks. And he's like, okay. And then and then I noticed that he, in his little case, he's got a sealed DuckTales remastered um, for the PS3. I'm like, how much you want for that DuckTales? And he's like, fifteen. I go, no, I'll give you ten. <laughs> and he goes. He goes, no, he's like, come on, man, I'm, I'm cut, cutting you a deal on this Xbox, and I'm like, and I actually, like, I felt kind of bad, because he was, like, this young kid, and I was kind of being mean to him, and I was like, oh, you know, okay, I'm like, I guess that's, I guess you're right, and so I, I fork over the 25, right, so then I get home, and I, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna open this up, and so I open up the box, it's sealed, right, open it up, and there's no friggin' game in the case and i'm like what the heck and then i look at the front of it and it says digital copy only oh okay so on the front it said digital copy it does and you think you're sherlock (laughs) dude chris good deduction bro Uh, that's just not reading but you know what (laughs) i did i did get a um what does it say it says includes exclusive disney collector's pin so I have an exclusive pin. Do you have a pin, Chris? Uh, you paid fifteen bucks for it. Or... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, there is a there is a code in here, and I'm quite sure that it's all well and good. But oh, I'm sure it is. I I wanted the disc, and I I feel that I I got caught slipping here. And then t- to add insult to injury, the Xbox didn't work. It gave oh, me red man. ring of death. I I hooked it up, and it doesn't work. So I just threw it in the garbage. That is Sorry, that is really unfortunate. At one place, you got busted twice. I know the gods were not with me, um, but but I'm gonna end on a happy note. Flea market, and I just tweeted out a picture of this. I found this one guy, and he was doing bead art, and this guy was fantastic. I mean, we all know about the bead thing, right? Yeah. He was like three dollars each or two for five. I went ahead and got four of them. I got Mario, Link, Sonic, and Rad Spencer from Bionic Commando. And I put them up on my wall here. Wait, how much were they? So I paid 10 bucks for four, basically. It was like two for five. And I posted on Twitter. I'm like, this is my best flea market find. So they were like two fifty a piece. That's really good, go, man. And the guy was like so excited. He was so excited. Like my buddy was with me, and he's not even a big gamer, and he bought a few. 
because he was like, oh, these are great and they were so cheap. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. They're a good size, too. They are. I, w- I would say, you know, they're like probably about four, inches? Six, four to six. I would say the Sonic is the biggest one. And Link is like the the smallest. Yeah, one. it's like the little Link holding up the Triforce. Yeah, so, wow, that looks really good. How did yeah. you mount that? Just like, um, I just sticky. took like a clear um, what do you call those little push pins? Oh, okay, I just stuck it through the hole and then right into the drywall. <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, we're well, looking at that. They actually maybe they are bigger. That tack looks pretty darn small. Yeah. All right. So next thing, in in the interest of time, I'll just do one more. Um, took the family to Legoland, uh, which is in Winter Haven, Florida. It was very expensive, but it was actually a very good time. And and kudos to Mrs. Geek because she got a coupon for like buy one ticket and, for an adult and get one kid free. But it was like a hundred bucks a person, two hundred bucks for all four of us. You know, fifty bucks each, whatever. It's still overpriced, but whatever. It's vacation. It's Florida, right? We really got our money's worth because we we got there around eleven, and I think we didn't leave until about seven ish or something. We closed down the park. I was expecting a big Lego movie type production. You know, I was expecting some Ninjago. I'm really into that show with vintage junior but they, they didn't have any of that i was kind of disappointed they had a lego chima ride that was pretty good it was like a water ride and and by the way i didn't even know what chima was until like my kids started watching it but it's another one of those shows but um overall it was actually good and then they had a water park that was also included in in the package so we went went there, and, and that was very good for the kids, and they had some like big slides for the grown-ups. So overall, I recommend it. Oh, I tweeted out some pictures about they had this little Lego city type thing, which was pretty cool. They had you know like mock-ups of like New York and um, I don't know a couple other big cities, San Francisco, and then they had star wars ones and so i I saw that yeah i tweeted out a few things like to gamester (laughs) and there was one of me like getting up close and personal with r2d2 yeah i'll say (laughs) first fast accurate your 24-hour news source coast to coast it's time for the reject report Hello, uh, this is Vintage, and this is The Reject Report. Uh, I have one item that I wanted to discuss. We've talked about him earlier tonight. The godfather of YouTube retro gaming community, Angry Video Game Nerd, has announced that his movie is coming out. Um, It's going to premiere in Los Angeles, California at the Egyptian Theater on July 21st. 7 I know. PM, and it's sold out. I'm looking at I the know. website. You tried to get a ticket for this, Chris? Well, the moment I saw that it was there, it was already sold out. Okay. I would have totally gone. That would have been unbelievable. Well, there are a couple that are still available. So there's an Atlanta show, uh, Dallas, St. Louis, there's another L.A. showing August 14th. Is that, that you, sold out? It is not. Really? Really. And then the last one is Seattle, Washington, August 14th as well. Wait, doesn't he have a Pennsylvania screening? Yes. However, it is sold out. Oh, bummer. 
Yeah. Do you have any news? Anybody? Um, I looked. I tried to. I tried to. I couldn't find anything worth saying. Hey, don't force it, man. Uh, well, I don't even like this segment. I'm just going to come out and say it. What? Retro news is hard to have. It happens, man. Yeah. All right. How about game time? Yay. Game it's time. game time. It is game time. And I talked Alex into participating because he, he seemed to be under the impression that we were going to make some kind of a fool out of him. So you like DOS games, huh? Can you guess this DOS game? No, you can't. That's because you don't know DOS games. Look, Subscribe to this fraud's YouTube channel. No, listen, we, we're going to play 20 questions. We played this once before with Greg from Arcade Impossible. And we, we, okay. we go to your area of expertise, okay? And we give you 20 questions. And I'm going to get out my notebook right here. DOS game. What? You know what? Chris, I was listening to that episode with Greg, and I screwed up the count. Like, we gave him an extra question. Like, Did he get it in exactly 20? No, he got it in 13. I but love it, how it, serious it, you're taking but, it. But it was really 14, because I messed up the count. Hmm. So I just want to make that, um, I just want to put that on the record, but Greg still got it. Here's what we're going to do, Alex. Um, there is a site that you that you are aware of called Abandonia. Mm-hmm. And this is where they have abandoned wear. What, what is abandoned wear? Can you give us a definition of that? I'm going to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a lot of video games, and then you couldn't buy the video games anymore. <laughs> All right? Now, this was like DOS games before there was GOG.com. Like, this if you wanted to of- buy Space Quest, you couldn't buy it. The only way you could buy Space Quest is if you managed to find 20-year-old working diskettes. Or go so, back in time. Yes. And Abandonware was the theory that if they passed around those games for free, then they wouldn't, you know, die out. So it was never a legal thing, but the law kind of looked the other way because it was just old games you couldn't buy anymore anyway. But now it's not really a thing because we have services who acquire the rights and sell them legitimately like GOG.com. But Abandonia.com is still alive and well. And That's true, but they've lost a lot of their stock. If you look up, the, the number of games Abandonia offers has greatly reduced in the last two years. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's 1,390 games. And so you're going to be guessing one oh, of yeah. those. So that is your hint. It's one of the games from Abandonia.com. Am I allowed to have the site open while we play? No, 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 no. And you may not use any kind of technology. You must use your brain only. Okay, hold on. on. Let me close my browser then. So we give yes or no answer. He's like quickly scrolling through every game. Yeah, memorize them. All right, so you get 20 questions beginning now. (laughs) Was it released in 1990 or before? No. Okay, so we're talking about 1991 or later. Does Abandonia uh, classify it as either an action game or a shooter game? FPS included. That, that's like a multiple question. You're kind of no, trying to okay, game though. the system. No, because he's he's eliminating categories. But if we said yes to that, then he still has multiple categories also. Okay. You can answer that question with one word. It's not like I ask you to you know give me a color or something. Okay. The answer is no. Alright, so... You, you have 18 questions. 1991 or later, it's not an action game, so... 
Uh, you, you probably picked a game most people know. I'm starting to think that it's probably a platformer because you wouldn't have gone with a board game. You'd want to pick a game that I should know. That way, if I didn't get it, you could go. <laughs> Don't tell me what I what I oh, did or did okay. not do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Watson. <laughs> I'm irritating you, which means I'm right. Does the hero of the game wear a yellow helmet? <laughs> no. No. So it's not Commander Keen. Wow. <laughs> now that question really narrowed it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, Commander Keen had like, I don't know, five or six games in the series if you count the episodes. Yes. Um, okay. So how many questions is that? Three? That three. was three. I'm, I'm trying to keep accurate count this time. Are you doing tally marks? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that like the five lines? Is that a tally mark? Yes. Yes. I do four vertical lines and then for five, I do a diagonal line through the four that is the standard tally procedure. Good. Good. Yeah, that's old school. So we're legit here. Next question, please. Uh, let me think. What does that leave? Ooh, is it an RPG? No. Could be a point and click then. Hmm. Okay. Is, is, is it classified as an adventure game? I'm going to say no. I wouldn't classify it as an adventure game, no. If it's on Abandonia, it's listed in the genre. Alright, so it's not doesn't say adventure? No. Is I already oh. answered that. You you alright, so now you get a hint because you, you just did five every five questions you get a hint. Okay. Right. For a hint, the year of release was nineteen ninety one. That's a wow. crap that's a crappy hint. That really is a crappy hint. I'm gonna give him a better hint at number ten. Um, I'm gonna give you another hint. No, just, no, 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 no! no. He am. doesn't get it. No, no, he doesn't get another hint. Yes, he's not wearing a purple hat either. Okay, that's a good. Hint. That's <laughs> a free. That's a In free. Fact, there may not be any hat. <laughs> there may there not may be. be a hat. It's not an action game. It's not an adventure game. It came out in 1991. Is it and a platformer? No. 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 That was what people were playing then. Was it a strategy game? Um. Well, look, that's Chris. Chris I, I think I think we could say yes. To I that. think there are a lot of games that I don't know if if you say it is a strategy game, but strategy is yeah. very important. What, what kind of game is this? I, I would say yes. Yeah, there is a like Chris said, there is a strong element of strategy in this game. It's not action. It's not adventure. It's a strategy game, but you're not sure. Right. <sighs> Does it involve cars? Like, is it a racing game or any anything racing related? No, sir. What are you up to now, question-wise? Seven questions. Seven questions. I have no idea. Like, not even close. Keep going, because at ten, I'll give you a, a good hint. That's the way we roll. Yeah. On the Retro Rejects game time segment. So, you know, just you got to focus. Just bring it down. You're doing fine. Yeah, you're you're actually doing well. You've eliminated a lot. You're the ma- you're the man. You're the master. You know this game. Ah, here's one. Is it a simulator? Like <gasps> there was a lot of games. Like see, see, it's questions like that that t- change everything. Yes, because it yes. is. It is. Gotcha. So so it, it's a simulator. Came out in 1991. Okay, is it a series? Uh, no, no. So it's not Flight Simulator, then? No. Is that another question? That was another question, and I said no. So it's you, you have reached the 10-question barrier. 
And now, Chris, for a hint, I was thinking about giving him the developer. What do you think? Ah, uh, hold on. That might be too... Is that too easy well, of a hint? Well, I'm, I'm looking at games this developer released. I think that would be very much... Uh, that would that would make him get it. Okay, so we need very to come up quickly. with a better hint. That might be our 15 question. All right, I got, I, got, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got a hint for this as well. This game... In addition to being uh, coming out on DOS, also came out for the Super Nintendo. Yes, it did. I was thinking that. Boom! Ooh, 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 ooh. That was a good hint, right? <clears throat> I think so. Okay, thank you. Uh, DOS games that came out on Super Nintendo. Okay, well, Super Nintendo got Civilization, but it's not Civilization because that would that would have been an easy strategy game. Super Nintendo also had Worms, but only in Europe. Is it Worms? No, but I'm no. impressed by all this knowledge that you're... I am too. I am very impressed. But that was question number 11. Um, Super right? Nintendo also got Spectre VR, which is a, a Battlezone clone, but that's an FPS or an action game. Uh, Wing Commander. Is it Wing Commander? Nope. No, <sighs> now, you're, not, you're losing your focus because what kind of a game is this? You've Wing- established the type of game. Wing Commander is a space sim. It's a simulator. Okay, all right, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. You're losing your focus, Sherlock. <laughs> so how many questions are we up to? You're that up was to 12. Tw- you're up to 12. What else came out on Super Nintendo? It there are 700 plus games. <laughs> yeah, but not ported from DOS. There were very few games that came out on the PC first that were so well, popular. That. They were ported to Super Nintendo. Focus your chi. Does it involve planes or flying? No. No. 13. Does it involve sports? No. No. Okay, so it's not not some managerial game. Correct. They didn't get They're massive around really on the well. Super Nintendo, did they? No, that, I don't want to say that, because then you'll... you'll, you'll uh... <laughs> What'd you say? He's doing very well. No, oh, I think he's doing he's, very well. He's, he's going to get... This. He's good at lying. What about... <laughs> what about Pirates? Do you remember that game, Sid Meier's Pirates? I do remember Pirates. Or was that... that was Is NES, that your question? It? Was that a question? Do no, you remember that, Pirates? That came out on NES, so that couldn't be it. I like that was a simulator game. I like how you're pressuring him, Chris. <laughs> is is it Sid Meier's Pirates? No, you it just said that only came out on <laughs> NES. I don't know, because okay, right, maybe right, it came out on Super Nintendo. I'm not all sure. Right. So that was 15. So now I'm gonna give him the I'm gonna give him the developer. Okay. All right. Maxis. SimCity. No. What really, dude? Is Sim City a series? Yeah, it is. Of course, Sim okay. City is a series. Yes. So you have four questions remaining. You, you, if you had thought, he just ju- he just jumps it, the gun. It's, he it's does an understandable thing to do. He, he heard Maxis. He went straight from Maxis to Sim City, and that's very understandable. But you forgot that you asked if it was a series. You're right. And, uh, you're well, right. You're you're excited. I understand. This is a. There's a lot of pressure, and me and Vintage are putting this a lot of pressure on. This is exactly why I didn't want to do this. Okay. Um. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> well, I have to say, I'm really enjoying myself. Is there someone else over there? <laughs> there's this no. weird guy here every once in a while. He makes these weird voices, right? <laughs> it's pretty interesting. This is like exactly why I didn't want to do this. <laughs> When he did that one thing when when Steam like wasn't working, I thought that was like the, the voice from Steam or something. I like, did too. Yeah, really 
he has like a he has like oh, a no, commercial. <laughs> he should do. You should do voice work, right? I think Steam is not functioning right now. Okay. Anti <laughs> lock brakes. Um. Your, wait. What is it? Rear camera. You still have four questions. Just think about this. Totally you know Maxis. You know Maxis backwards and forwards. No, I don't. I know yes. Maxis does the SimCity games. And I know Maxis did. That's it. Maxis didn't do the Come Tycoon on. games, did they? Come on, put it all together. Super Nintendo port. What about what, what about theme park? Hmm. About what? Is that a question? Is that one of your questions? Yeah, that's a question. Wait, is, what it is it theme again. park? Is that your question? Uh, uh, yeah, yes. No, it isn't. It's not. That's not the game. You have three questions remaining. You are very close. <laughs> I have no clue. Like, no. not even a little bit. Oh, come yes, on! Yes, you do. Because it sounds like it's going to be a game I never play. You know of it, though. Maxis. It's, it's not like one of the weird Sim games, like like Sim Ant or something, is it? Is that, is that your question? Is that your question? Is it Sim Ant? Yes! yes. <laughs> You did it! Yay! With two questions to spare. See? I told you you'd do it. I played that game once, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it, too. Good job picking a game. I love that game. GG, bros. That's why I picked it. Hey, you won. <laughs> you win! And Vintage, why don't you tell him what he wins? Well, he wins the crumbs that are left in the bowl from my kettle chips. Maybe you should I'm, send I'm allowed to go box. to Abandonia now, right? Yeah. It's okay, I'm going to go download it again. It's there. We're going to do a crossover. I'm going to talk about it on the next Tiger Claw Radio. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I love this game. Need... I, I played this on my crappy Packard Bell 286, uh, which was IBM compatible. I played the Super Nintendo port a couple of times. It, it sucks on the Super Nintendo. Well, that's oh, where really? I played it. I didn't like it. It sucks on that. It, it's, it's very good on the PC. But isn't that part of a series, though? The Sim games were all like, ah, uh, no, I, I you know, know what? no. I will say to you that it's when not. you asked that question, I really was hesitating. I, but Sim Ant does not have a series; it, it is just Sim Ant. There is no seat. That's true. However, Sim Ant was packaged with the other Sim games. You could at one point buy a box that had that in it, along with Sim. That doesn't make it a sequel. No, that, it doesn't make it a series. I don't. I'm does sorry. Mario Time Machine have a sequel? <laughs> no, but it, I would is say it a Mario, Mario game? Time Machine is part of a series, though. <laughs> really? It's I, it, it's that's the problem with twenty questions because it all boils no. down to an argument of semantics. No, but but you know you, you have to know deep within your soul. He's arguing the Mario Time Machine is not part of the series of Mar Mario. It's not a what Mario about game. what about Hotel Mario? No one cares about Hotel Mario. <laughs> if you were on YouTube in like two thousand six, then you care about Hotel Mario. Well, I wasn't. Bring lots of spaghetti. Well, let's go ahead and continue this theme of DOS-based games by doing our retro pick segment. Yep, I think I feel one back there. Yep. Ah, here's a good one. Retro pick! And, and Critical Failure is going to lead us off. T tell us about this segment. How, do, how does this work? Um, Me? Well, yeah, well, we, you're the lead on this. You're segment. the lead on this, and you're also the lead on Retro Re Rewind. Well, all right, guys, uh, this is where we um, pick a game and discuss it. 
And it has to be retro. It has to be retro. Right? Now, is this picking? Is this kind of so gonna... no no Kawa duty? But I I like these kinds of things because the the selection of the game. I wasn't given any constraints except oh, it's got to be retro and let's kind of keep it DOS based. Yeah. But that's yeah. I mean, even just on Abandonia, that that that's I had what what did you say thirteen hundred games or something? That's that's a pretty wide. Yeah. Pretty uh, wide selection. I'd say that's a lot of games. So I picked, uh, I wanted to pick a game that most people wouldn't think of as a DOS game unless you were around then. I picked Quake, which was released in 1996. And at that point, everyone was using you know Windows, of course. But Quake was a DOS game at its core. And the reason why I remember it as such was because there were so many mods for that game. That was one of the reasons to own Quake, was because Quake was the game that uh, originally spawned Team Fortress, which is still played today, TF2. Mm. That was originally a Quake mod, and you launched those in DOS. You, you had to add on extra arguments to the, to the program launch command string in order to get mods to play. I mean, that was before we had source ports and stuff to kind of all do that automatically. So uh, that all happened in 1996, which was the same year that the Nintendo 64 was released. Um, and that was the same year the Tomb Raider series started with the very first Tomb Raider game. And uh, Resident Evil also uh, launched that year. 1996 was a big year in gaming. I have very fond memories of playing Quake. It was my freshman year of college. I remember they did this thing where you could download like the first maybe part of the game. So it was like there were six parts, right, Alex? Uh you mean episodes? Episodes. There, like, there was four. Yeah. Okay. Well, they did this thing where, like, it used to be back in the day you would download part one, and then you could play it all the way through to the end. And I remember, yeah. like, there was, like, this big thing of lava, and there's this, like, big ugly demon that would come <laughs> out, and you'd be blasting him with your rocket launcher and, like, running around as he was trying to kill you. And then it would be like, okay, you know, now if you want to play the other three episodes, now you got to pay blah, blah, blah. That business model was called shareware. Yes, thank oh. you very much. That that slipped my mind. <laughs> we, of course, we just had the shareware version, and, and we played it, and we loved it. But then we figured out how to cook it up on the LAN, which is mm. local area network. I don't know if they still do this, but back in the day, they used to have, like, clans. Do they still have clans? Else? Yeah, they they do that on... on uh... Steam groups are okay. where the clan, where you find the clans these days. All right, so I'm totally out of it, but they used to have these clans, right? And there were like some hardcore people, like back in '96 even, and they mm -hmm. all had the same little uniform. They all had like it would be like Joe Schmo dot something, like the the name of the clan, right? And so me and my friends decided we were going to make our own clan, and we were called the Wiener Clan. <laughs> like every, everybody everybody had like these awesome names right like like the vipers or the we were like we're gonna be the wiener clan and so like we all had our names were all like based <laughs> off of top gun characters right so i of course was maverick dot wiener that that was my call sign you should have made the clan tag eight equals <laughs> equals equals capital d eight equals equals capital oh boy d. <laughs> I love it. Now, did you, just, you I just wrote that? Did on you my type notebook. it in? No, I just wrote it on my notebook. It's pretty. <laughs> oh funny. boy! Should we make that the name of this episode? Uh, no, we won't. We won't I'll put that. it on the thumbnail. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we just sucked, and we just got our butts. Kicked. Oh, you sucked. Very uh, appropriate. <laughs>
Family the Wiener too. clan was not very successful, but we, we would go in there and we basically just like troll people because, you know, you could go in there and you could type stuff into the console. Right. <laughs> and so we basically just go in there and like, yeah, we would troll people and they'd be like, oh, you know, you guys are a bunch of losers and yada yada. These elitist Quake players. Sounds like a good way to spend your time. Yeah, it was. Chris, did you ever play Quake? I've never played Quake. <gasps> Man, Ooh. I want to get Quake for you, bro. That's it. That was the game, Alex, that we said we would play together. It was Quake. Yeah. Now, I, now I remember. It all. Look how it all comes together. Do you own Quake? I do on Steam. I actually found um, a server that was live when you, if you launch Quake World, uh-huh. you just type in connect space and then the IP, and you're in. That's too complicated. <sighs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play Quake together. We need to avenge the Wiener clan. Oh my gosh. Maverick.Wiener returns. Do you guys even play those kinds of games? For some reason, that sounds out of character for you too. What, first-person shooters? Yeah. I I like them. I'm partial to the Medal of Honor series because I think it's a little more classy than, you know, the cock-a-duty players. Uh, (laughs) I... I don't play uh, things online. Um, I don't play but, online. But I've enjoyed the campaigns of the Halo games. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. I played Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 1, Call of Duty 3. I never played the big red one. <laughs> well, why, is By it, the way, why is it called that? There, everything about that, I've talked about this before, maybe not on the podcast, but that is Call of Duty, which already signifies, you know, I got, I got to make a duty. Duty calls. Dude, and it's number two. <laughs> the big red one. Oh, that's gross. Well, that's exactly what it. it's called, though. So, so there was Call like... Call of Duty 2, the big red one. <laughs> no, Call of Duty 3 is the big red one. No, it's not. Uh, I'm going to Google it. I know, and you're going to find out you're wrong once again, Call Sherlock. Call of Duty... Number two. Two, the big red one. Told you. You're right, Watts. Would I lie to you? How dare you? <laughs> you would never lie to me. Hey, what is D equal? MC squared. No, eight. Aren't you paying attention? D equals eight. No, eight equals D. Ah, I see. I don't know what you're talking about. Eight equals, oh equals, my. equals, equals, equals. Why don't you write it That's down? What talking about. You need like three or four equal signs, though. No, he needs one. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Or maybe a, a minus. Chris, gotcha. you want to do your retro pick? You know what? Honestly, not really. Because I, I was going through all of all of DOS dumb. Dom- I, I realized <laughs> DOS dumb. In all of DOS dumb, I didn't have these experiences with DOS. We didn't get a computer in my house until CD ROMs were established. So, like, my first computer gaming was Seventh Guest. I guess, like, my grandma had a Vic 20. And I remember playing Zork-type games. So Zork is kind of interesting. You know, it's all text-based. Look left, look right. You're exploring all text-based. You're west of a house. Yeah. Oh, the other game that comes to mind when I think of DOS is Civilization. And obviously, that's one that pretty much everybody knows about. It's also one that is still very much enduring today. I don't really have much to say. Uh, Yeah. I always thought of civilization as like a clone of sim city 
Is this no way? Is this not accurate. Have you played Civilization? No, no. It's yeah, nothing no. like SimCity. Really? Imagine no. like playing SimCity, but zoomed way out, and each little dot on the map is an entire city in SimCity, and you use those to generate resources. So you use dots. Well, basically, you capture, you you establish cities, and then you can zoom in on the city, and you can you can grow things, and, and that sounds kind of lame. But, but cities produce different things depending on where they are. They produce resources, and then you use these resources to build units. But civilization follows history, where you know at the very beginning, people are they're they're not all that educated. We don't they don't have much great technology. But as you research, as your site, you put effort and and uh, resources into research you end up inventing things like make steel for example that's later but you know how to make steel and once you invent steel then it changes all of all of your um units like now you have this new this new technology so why are you walking around with a stick or a club anymore you know so you're trying to conquer oh, yeah wait, that- if you invent the spaceship you know? <laughs> well you know what right? it, uh, i i would Eventually, you can work your way up to the spaceship, but and you can go colonize other planets. And I think now they're trying to even go further than that. But um, it may sound really lame, but it's one of the only games ever that that I've played, and I just can't stop playing. There's not a good way to stop. Um, that's the first game that ever happened to me with Civilization Two on PlayStation One when I first played it. I just played and played and played, and before I realized it, it was like six in the morning. I don't mind me dropping a little footnote on that. If you go and get yourself a copy of Civ Five, which came out only a couple of years ago, it doesn't play that much different. Like there's changes, but the gameplay still very closely resembles what it was when it was first, you know, released. Well, it doesn't need. I mean, I don't know what changes they do have, but it's. I I think it's one of the most perfect games. You might yawn and stuff, but you or snore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. No, but I, if you never played it, I have. There's a reason why there's so many sequels. Why it's so well known. It's good. I know. I'm just giving giving you crap. You should I, try it. I I've heard very good things about. I've heard nothing but good things about the sub games. When are you gonna try it? Never. <laughs> Come on, try it. It's no, on PlayStation. Take 3. Take a little hit. Just give it a shot. No, I'm not gonna do it. Revolution. <laughs> I got too many other games I got to play, like Zelda 2. Yeah, and oh, Quake. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Quake I've beat. Quake's a great game. I like Quake 2 as well. Totally different feel, but I like it. Yeah, it's a good game, too. There is nothing... Like, it is very satisfying when you, in Civilization, you find another culture, because the map's kind of hidden, and as you explore, you end up finding other cultures. And they don't like you, or they want to form a truce with you. Uh, but when you finally start attacking them and te- capturing their cities one by one, yes, and then you eliminate them, it's very satisfying. Yes, genocide. Yes. On Civ boss. 3, Montezuma inevitably always runs through my civilization with horses and kills everyone. <laughs> you just can't get horses before the Aztec who had no horses? Yeah. Wow. That, and in Civ 4, there's this thing where, like, if you advance your civilization far enough and you get tanks, you can drive a tank into uh, a, a civilization that has like soldiers with sticks and spears and stuff. And if there's enough of them, they can kill your tank. So huh. you have a problem with this? Well, can you can, can, think about real life? Can yeah, you come kill on. Tank yeah. Spears? Okay. Well, look, Indiana <laughs> Jones took out a tank with a rock. Eh? Eh? He did. He stuck it into the hole. Right. Boom. 
Indiana Jones also had a thorough knowledge about how gunpowder works. And it well, was that's a movie. real life. <laughs> that's that's close to real life. Did we get Moving vintages? On. No. Chris, I don't want to hear what he Chris has to never say. is interested in my commentary. It's probably going to be some really nerdy, dorky thing. You know adults, exactly adults what it text is. Adventure. No, you know exactly <laughs> what it is, Chris, because you see the notes. So I'm I'm going to talk about. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Oh yeah, we do Google uh, documents, so we have like an outline that we both look at. Gotcha. And the, and. Yeah, when we're, like, sending each other messages all the time about, like, we can't believe he hasn't guessed the game yet. Stuff like that. <laughs> like, wow, 18 questions. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Okay. He didn't say that. No, we didn't. Um, so he this... spelled Sim Ant wrong on the outline. Did I really? No. But um... you put 1991 backward. <laughs> Dude, that's such a bad joke. What is that called when it's like the same backwards and palindrome? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let me give you my retro pick. It's Star Trek. The 25th anniversary came out in 1992 by Interplay point and click adventure game. Now, I had this game and I had the floppy disks, right? And again, I played it on the 286, which was nice. extremely painful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was so slow. I don't even know how I played it. I, I I played this. I played Wing Commander on this machine, and it was like like one frame a second. It was just, you know, the sound was like... It was like, you know, those weird <laughs> internal speaker sounds. The PC speaker. <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway... The rich kids, they had the CD. There was also a CD. They had the 386. Yeah, there was a CD version that apparently had, you know, much better stuff. Uh, but anyway, I, I still love this game. Um, there were seven episodes within the game. And so, yeah, it played like a Star Trek episode. And I don't think I ever beat the game, or maybe I did, but I can't remember. But I, I, I distinctly remember this one episode. It was called Hijacked. And there was a, there was this other Federation starship that had been captured by these, like, space pirates, right? And so, you know, Enterprise has to go and, like, take back the ship. And, and what I remember about this is that there were different ways that you could beat the mission, right? So, for example, to beat the mission, you had to get on the bridge and you had to, like, take out the pirates or whatever. And so there were different ways that you could do it. You could, like either try to break in through the you know the door of, of the turbo lift or you could go and you could like get to the transporter room and like beam yourself onto the bridge so that that's what how i ended up doing it because you know transporters cool and whatnot um but that's what i liked about it is that you know it wasn't so linear like there were different solutions to, to each of the levels so this uh, had a sequel. It came out the next year. It was called Star Trek Judgment Rights, and it was very similar. I never played that one. It's, it's said that these two games are, are meant to kind of be like what Star Trek would have been like if they had a season four and five, you know, because there were only three seasons. So like these two games, there's multiple episodes. And so that's kind of like, 
It's the unofficial last two years of the five-year mission. Beautifully drawn, very well written. There's a lot of di- like text dialogue between you know the the main characters, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and it's 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 got that whole like banter thing going. You know, like at the end and at the start of each episode, like. they're kind of like joking around and arguing with each other it's pretty well done i don't know if either of you guys ever played it no but it sounds good yeah highly recommended um yeah i i I might have downloaded this from the abandoned weir site (laughs) and uh you might have yeah i might have And, and it works for dos box which we didn't really talk about but dos box is a cool thing that you can use to like run these old games on I remember playing DOS games. This is one of those DOS games that, like, bef- prior to DOS Box, if you played it, it ran too fast. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, how really, really old games they didn't, oh, like, the yeah. cycles would just g- go crazy, like Castle Wolfenstein, if you don't adjust the cycles. Yes. And and, and what what are cycles, exactly? I, I don't know. The <laughs> thingies that make the games go faster or slower. Okay. I have no idea. I'm sorry, I'm not that smart. <laughs> You're pretty smart. But not that, not that smart. So let's let's go into our final segment of the evening. This is the retro rewind. Retro rewind. Okay, CF. Take it away, sir. This was your idea, and it's a, I think it's a good one. Welcome to the Retro Rewind. We're going to talk about uh, discontinued snacks. When I think back to um, these old games, one of the things that separates a memory from back then from like playing that game now is the things that are around the game. And uh, snacks are a perfect example because there's a lot of, a lot of uh, iconic snacks that very many of us relate to. What's an mm-hmm. example? Like uh, the Nintendo cereal comes up quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any old discontinued snacks that you remember? Something from back then that's not around now? Oh, I made a list. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I have three items. Well, why don't we just take turns sharing items? And you mentioned Nintendo cereal. Was that one of your items that you want to reminisce about? Nintendo cereal, I only got once. So I can't really remember what it tasted like because I was a little kid. But ladies and gentlemen, you got to go look this commercial up. The jingle is is fantastic. <laughs> it's a system though, right? It's a cereal system. Yeah, the cereal system. It is the cereal <laughs> system, but I, I don't remember that from when I was a kid. I only know that from looking it up later on. I have to look up the commercial. The uh, the, the the jingle was as follows. Nintendo, it's a cereal. Wow. That's it. That's it. Nintendo. If we're breakfast now, Nintendo. It's a cereal. Wow. Nintendo. Super Mario. Jump. Nintendo. Here's Zelda too. Nintendo. Here's very good news. Nintendo. Mm, you just can't move. Nintendo cereal system is a super part of this nutritious breakfast. Nintendo. Two cereals in one. Wow. All right, I'll I'll share one of mine. You remember Squeeze It? Yeah, were those those little juice things? Yeah, it basically was um, you were buying uh, a plastic squeezable shaped bottle. Yes. That had not very good juice in it. No. 
it actually i mean it was it was worse than just water plus kool-aid right oh, i remember these. These, these are terrible but the marketing was good and kids the rich kids <laughs> the rich kids had them because it was a big ripoff, really. Oh, we but had them. We weren't rich. Oh, I could rarely get them. I would get like I would get the little box with the yellow cap, like not. I don't know if it was it wasn't a box, but the little plastic bottle looked like a miniature milk carton almost. What about those ones that look like a little barrel and they had like the Hugs crappy um like tin foil on the top and you would just punch through the tin foil? No, those I never had that. Hugs. They're still around. What are they called? Hugs. Hugs. Yeah. Dang, no, I never had that. Those were cheap. Only the rich kids that I knew had squeeze it. We were very not rich. Hey, um, I'm not even looking at pictures of this, but did they have these little twist off things on the top? They did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you twist the top off, but the commercials, they were all animated and you know, they had big old bulging eyes, and when the kid would grab it and squeeze it, (laughs) uh the eyes would like pop bulge out and stuff. Like you mean like gushers? How they would eat them and their heads would explode. Gosh, turn into well, giant fruit or something. That's another. Gushers is not on my list, but it comes dangerously close to something else on my list. I remember Gushers. Like, but I, yeah, I do remember Gushers. Those were those were legit. But anyway, squeeze it. Yeah. For those those kids out there who don't know about squeeze it, it was all the rage at one point. For sure. Every kid has to have a drink in his lunch that he brought to school before every kid got lunch at school. And that's the the cool kids were defined by if they had squeeze it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just had hugs and I got made fun of. All right. I'm going to go to my go-to discontinued snack that I – I know I've talked about this at some – You have talked about this. It's the Planners Cheese Curls slash Balls. Never heard of that. Mr. Peanut used to make the cheese curls okay like cheetos they they used to be the main competitor of cheetos i do remember these and for some godforsaken reason they decided to stop making them and it chester mauled that mr peanut guy in an alley (laughs) dude dude the worst day of my life was when i walked into walmart and i was in college this is back in the late 90s people and i'm like where's my Planners cheese curls, and they were always like you could get this big cylinder of them for a dollar. You lived a, an awesome life. A dollar fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, and I'm all like, "Where are they? Where are they?" And like the Walmart guy was like, "Uh, yeah, they don't make those anymore." And I'm like, "Get out of here!" I'm like, this "Well, is they some were s- using they were using the shareware model, Sherlock." Nah. No, he's like. They don't make it. And I'm like, this is some stupid Walmart person, right? He doesn't know anything. And I started like looking around. I started going to like other stores like K-World and Target. Kmart? Yeah. And like grocery stores. None of the places had it. And finally I got online. And sure enough, I went to the planner's website. Well, for a little while, they changed the name. They changed it to Cheese Mania. And... But it was only available like very limited markets and like you could I remember I think I might have ordered some at some point because I was like Jones and so this is something you still think about. Dude, I think about it all the time. All the time. I do. <laughs> and I have such great memories of eating this. Like even when I was a little kid, my grandpa like had a TV room. Okay. He had a room dedicated to watching TV and he had a big old lazy boy 
and he had a big friggin' thing of cheese curls that would sit there on at his right hand on the ground that he could just pick up and eat and watch the Cubs or whatever. And I remember going in there and like raiding the stash and everything. And and it's all gone. It's all gone now. There's no it's more gone. of this. And I'm I telling hope you're putting you, sad music in the background this, this, when you're editing this together. That can be arranged. But let me tell you what, this was the superior product, okay? Cheetos, the whole Chester Cheetah thing, nothing. Has nothing on, on planters, man. Well, you know what? Yeah. I looked for a, a planters cheese curls commercial, and you know what comes up? Nothing. It's all <laughs> cheese balls. So apparently their marketing was crap. In fact, the only thing I see with cheese curls in it, no joke, is this girl crushing them with her feet. Mrs. Wrinkles Crushing Cheese Curls, number three. Oh, my goodness. It's some sort of weird foot fetish kind of thing. She's got all kinds of videos about crushing things and doing things that's with her feet. But this is the only cheese curls video that's out there. So if this is how they marketed it, by having someone step on them, then no wonder they're gone. It's so sad. No wonder. I'm very upset. It's also very true and really disgusting. <laughs> it makes an interesting crushing sound, though. GG, bro. What's GG? It stands for good game. That's what you say at the end of a game. Oh, okay. All right. What do you got? See ya. Uh, how about... Uh, this wasn't in the notes that I sent you guys, but how about Ecto Cooler? Do you remember that? Yes! You obviously... We talked about Ecto Cooler. You know what? He doesn't, I'm convinced he doesn't listen to our show. No, he uh, I was listening this morning, but I'm a couple episodes behind. <laughs> what one are you on? One? You guys are... No. You guys are... We're doing the... the you're, you're, it was just you two. There was no guest on. What were I don't we talking my about? iPod enough. No, it's okay. No, we, we did talk about this because I got drunk off a spiked Ecto Cooler at a 1980s party last month. It wasn't really Ecto Cooler. That's just what they called it. Right. Okay. Because obviously it's discontinued. It was just orange flavored high C, but it was food colored and it had Slimer from Ghostbusters on it. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. The real Ghostbusters. And it was magical because it had slimer on the color. Sorry. So does that throw it back to uh to good old NES complex? It does. Sure. Yeah, the next one that I was thinking about is Bonkers, which you know, you mentioned gushers. Well, Bonkers wasn't gum, but it's a candy and it had like two layers. The inside of it was like sweeter and fruitier. Um, and then it was kind of wrapped in a another I don't know, another layer of fruit. So it had the, the main fruit and then the juicy, like sweeter, be more beautiful center. And a lot of times they were like two tones. Yeah. But what I remember about this is the commercial for it. Whoever ate a bonker, a gigantic fruit would fall from the sky and crush them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. I mean, I'm sure there are things like this out there. Mm. But uh, yeah, but well, where they, they try to do two tones. I mean, you right. see those little triple layer trident gum things and stuff now, but no, this was better. Yeah, that's weird. I, I remember like I remember the watermelon. That was my favorite one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I wonder, though, is like, why does something like that die and something <sighs> like Starburst never will die? I don't know. It's just uh, it's not that Starburst. I mean, Starburst is great, but is Starburst better than bonkers? <laughs> I, these things that 
get really successful yeah. and then they're just dead. It's so right. strange. Well, it's got to be. It's all dollars and cents, my friend. It's it's just well, it wasn't. You. They weren't making enough money on it, so they stopped. So me. you're telling me the young children that they market to have a short attention span? Get right out of town. I don't know. It's so sad. does Starburst market to like the middle aged man? Starburst Ooh, doesn't market at all. I don't think they need to. I yeah, can't you're remember right. the last time I saw a Starburst commercial. Maybe actually. that's no. Well, and Cheese Curls marketed to your dad, my grandpa. Oh, grandpa. Sorry, I, I don't dangerously know. cheesy. Um. Oh, and for the for the record, a Gushers is not a gum. It was a f- classified it's as a fruit snack. snack. Chris. Oh, you're right. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, you're absolutely right. Yep. Got to keep you on a steer. I am. Is there a gum though that does that? There must have been. Oh, oh I'm sure. No, but you're was. absolutely right because it's ra- gushers are wrapped in a fruit snack like material, a gelatinous. Yes. And they're filled with with a liquid. Oh yes, that lovely nectar. <laughs> yep. Who who doesn't like to bite into their snack and have it squirt all over in their mouth? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I have another one. It's Jello Pudding Pops, and I'm gonna count on CF here to give me a. Uh... <laughs> See, when you bite into the yeah. pudding pops, it doesn't matter if it's closed Perfect. Are you okay? Is this guy great or what? Is what did you just say? He said, "Buy Jello Pudding Pops" or something like that. <laughs> doesn't doesn't even have to be real words, man. Hey, did I ever tell you that a uh, hundred-year-old Bill Cosby walked by me one time? Really? Yeah, I was. Bill um, Cosby came back from the future. Well, no, he's not a hundred years old, but he's very old right now. And um, I was just sitting in a location, in an undisclosed location, and all of a sudden I saw all these. And Mrs. Geek was with me because she brought the kids down to like have lunch. We she brought like a picnic lunch. And all of a sudden, I saw like this crowd of people, like an entourage, and literally, like within like two feet of me, all of a sudden, Bill Cosby walks by. I'm like, "That's freaking Bill Cosby!" Wow. And Mrs. Geek is like, "Yeah." And then we went back to eating our lunch. Was That's Theo awesome. with him? No. no, no, no. Denise? No, there were no, no members of the Theo. Cosby family. Denise, dang. That would be Malcolm Jamal Warner. He's go- he goes by Theo. Anyway, um, the Jello pudding pops were just incredible. Um, I believe there's a few online petitions to try to get them back because they were so good. I mean, I remember the vanilla and the chocolate. I think there was. I ban- never had them. There was banana. What? I oh, never had them. Man, so good. Mm. And Alex, did you- um, I had them some, but not enough to. Oh, I think I'm craving. I'm craving right now, man. You know, you can still get like chocolate frozen pops, right? It's, it's not, not the same. same. No, these are pudding pops. Yeah, and they have yeah, the other yeah, flavors. Yeah. No, uh. I mean, it's just like, yeah, you can't replicate this experience today. Um, I know this is going to be on one of your lists, but what about Crystal Pepsi? Love it. I totally left it off my list because I knew you yeah. were going to talk about it. I already knew you were going to say it. You know the. Uh... The, the, the song, the Van Halen song. Yeah, right. Hey! Was that for Pepsi or Coke, though? That was Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. 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 
I know because I was just at the age and I wasn't that familiar with uh, at least not the Sammy Hagar version of Van Halen. That is still the Crystal Pepsi song for me. It is. The song from the Crystal Pepsi commercials. Yeah, I was a freshman in high school. It was 1992. And I remember very vividly after getting my butt kicked uh, at football practice by the upperclassmen, me and my best friend at the time would go, we would go and like change, you know, back into our street clothes. And then we'd go into the, um, it was like our little, our little ritual. We would go in and we would get our fitty scent and we would get a can of crystal Pepsi. And we would sit in the cafeteria and drink our crystal Pepsi and discuss the, the business of the day. I want to go somewhere else with this, but I'm afraid it's going to be on your list. <laughs> what, what, what? There was a, a Pepsi that released another limited edition soda that was like maybe 10 years ago. No, cool. I, I don't know of this. Pepsi Blue. Oh, that was like that blue raspberry thing. Yeah, that didn't bring you back to Crystal Pepsi. Not, not a fan at all. I, I, wow. I thought you were going to talk about how they tried to reimagine Crystal Pepsi as like a citrusy drink. And it was horrible. You don't remember that? No. That oh, yeah. must have just sailed right over for me. Oh, it's, it was terrible. I'm just like, no. Give me original Crystal Pepsi. The cola. The clear cola. That was the thing. And then they tried to make it like a 7-Up. And I'm just like, no. I'm done. And then it was totally yeah. discontinued. No, but you know, that reminds me of one thing. I don't know if you guys remember this. But Coke had this, uh, this campaign with magic cans. Where you would open the can and something was supposed to rise up out of the, the where you would drink. And you wouldn't want to drink it, but whatever rose up, there'd be like prizes or money. What? You don't remember magic cans? No, never heard of it. Well, we actually got one that wasn't like, I think it was just kind of like the Willy Wonka golden ticket thing where not every can would do it. But you buy a six pack or whatever and some of the cans had this built into them. I got to look it up now. I'm, now I'm, starting to I'm think, looking it I... up. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, a spring-loaded tab dispensed real U.S. money or a gift certificate redeemable for trips or merchandise. This is insane. Magic Summer 1990. Yeah, it was weird. Wow, a $100 million <laughs> promotion. No, I never That's heard of strange. this. But we actually won, but the, the mechanism was broke. Like, we had to fish it out. It was like, you know, <laughs> just like a little bit of money, like a $5 bill or something. Was there still Coke inside? No, it was like water or some other kind mm. of liquid. But it had to feel like a real Coke. Otherwise, people could go around like weighing six packs looking for right. them or something. Oh, here it is. Um, to make the cans feel and weigh normally and prevent people from easily finding the prize, they were filled with a mixture of chlorinated water and Foul-smelling ammonia sulfate to discourage drinking. <laughs> I would be so mad. If, Why like, would they just put water? Could you imagine if that was the one drink you had and you were somewhere where you couldn't get drinks anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's funny is I'm looking at the commercial for it, and there's a dude at a vending machine. And he hits the button and this Coke rolls out and he opens it and he wins a prize. But yeah, you're, you're like dying of thirst. And instead, <laughs> like you get like a gift certificate. You, you got to mail something in. You get like a, some crappy prize. And all you wanted was to quench your thirst. No, thanks. A number of cans had problems. The pop-up mechanism malfunction jammed or faulty seal released some of the chlorinated water. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Wait, there was a widely reported incident involving an 11-year-old boy in Massachusetts drinking the foul-tasting liquid. (laughs) It sounds like a bad idea. Okay, the last one I was going to say is nerd cereal. You know, Nerd's Candy comes with a box that has two different types in it on each side. Nerd's Cereal had a divider, and it was actually two different types. And I don't think it tasted like Nerd's, really. It looked like Nerd's, but do either of you remember this? Yes, I do. I remember being disappointed like it wasn't sweet enough. Yeah, you know, it just didn't last because it wasn't that good. Uh, Another good idea, just uh, trying to market it off Nerd's instead of actually trying to make it good. All right, that's my last one. What do you got, Vintage? Okay, so my last one is Keebler Tato Skins. So these came in like a bright yellow bag, and they had different flavors. They had like the cheese flavor. They had sour cream and onion, Mm. and they had regular, and they were so good. They were shaped like little potato wedges, but they were thin like chips. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were very tasty. I feel like Keebler just on the whole used to be very dominant and I feel like they've slipped. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just maybe they're just focused more on the cookie making stuff and they've kind well, of they they had a lot of great products and chips too, though, like that. It's sad, man. It is sad. Do you remember Oboises? Uh Oboises. Yeah. They... Oh, potato chips. Yeah, oh, Boise's got baked potato appeal. Oh, I loved them. And you know what? They were I loved those. They were so good and they were unique because they it almost like they had these like bubbles on the Yeah, chip. they were like very thin. I don't know exactly what they were, but they seemed like just very thin potato slices, but when yeah. they cooked, they would bubble up so they were very light and flaky oh. and a lot of flavor on them. Oh, and they were so greasy too. I'm sure they were. <laughs> Yeah, those were so good. Those were delicious. Those two are gone. <laughs> it is pretty sad. I mean, some of the food like we this talked segment about is like making us all sad. I'm so depressed. And this well, is the end of the show. Look, look, in life, in life, as Jerry Spring would say, in life, there are things that come and things that go. Oh, God. And sometimes things go. And when they're gone, they're gone. And you got to move on. And you shouldn't be sleeping with your neighbor anyway. What 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 did he call that at the very end? You'd be like Jerry's thoughts. thoughts or so. Oh yeah, final final he was an elected official. Yeah, in Cincinnati, so he can do that. Guess what? I got a story about Jerry Springer. I rode in an elevator with Jerry Springer. You should have hit him in the face with a chair. I was in Cincinnati for a job interview, and I was in the Ritz Carlton Hotel. And yeah, and I got in the elevator, and he's actually like a pretty tall dude. Is he? I want to say he was like about the same height as me, and I I totally recognized him, and it was just me and him in the elevator, and I just kind of nodded at him, and he just looked at me and smiled, and I decided I wasn't going to be a dork and say anything. And that was it. We just rode silently down the elevator together. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway. Chris, that's it. That's the end. That is it. And I... I think that was a great show. A lot of great things we talked about. And I'm very glad that we had you on, Alex, Critical Failure, Tiger Claw. Thanks uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. It was it was a lot of fun. It has been way, like, a long-awaited. Um, it's yeah. been long-awaited. Like, from the very beginning, when we first talked about doing this show, your your name was on the list from the very beginning. No, he was this, there. He was actually happened. there. Okay. Yeah. 
Vintage was on another podcast that he had just left. We were all sitting at Ketchup. Yeah. I said, dude, you're between podcasts. I'll scrap Tiger Claw Radio. I'll scrap Tiger Claw Radio. And we can start a new show together. Right. And, and NES Complex, who was also at the table, was like, yeah, but no. We're doing something else. <laughs> no, I, and I did was I? Like, <laughs> oh. there, there was some kind of oh. conversation about this. That's that's accurate because I remember we were saying at the time we're like well we're gonna have you on the show and that was in January but I said that's we've already right. got we've already got a list of people and I'm like we'll probably get to you in 2014 and you <laughs> laughed and you thought we were kidding I had already been did. asking you about being on the previous podcast you were on for months when we had that conversation <laughs> I'm like it's gonna happen but I I mean we had already been talking for about a month or two this, this is the this is the honest truth we wanted to be established so that we had a, a a decent subscriber base so that we could get the maximum exposure for tiger claw the brand of tiger claw tv and radio well let me just say i'm really really glad you guys are are doing as well as you are because you do a really great job thank you sir i mean thank you i think we enjoy doing what we do and um, making fun of each other and getting each other's turns. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe our podcast will end. Well, it's definitely going to end. Well, and and then Vintage can start another one. <laughs> so, Alex, if you would go ahead and um, remind the listeners maybe where they can find your YouTube and your podcast and all that good stuff. My YouTube channel is Tiger Claw TV. I have a website, TigerClawTV.com. It takes you to a blogger page. From there, you can navigate to Tiger Claw Radio, which is podcasts I do whenever I get around to it or whatnot. Apart from that, I would like to mention that I have a little group on Steam called the Dead Multi Society, uh, where we try and get together multiplayer games of games that no one is playing multiplayer anymore of, like a really old game that you want to play with other people, but you can't find anybody to play with. That's kind of the point. Like Quake? Like Quake, yeah, we did a Quake night. Awesome. So that's Dead Multi Society on Steam. And also, if you don't mind, uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to thenextround.net, which is a great website. Everybody's always unhappy whenever YouTube rolls out any changes. So this is one of those little microcosms of dudes who make shows who kind of got together to get a blog running, another place for you know people to hang out. Rock so that's them. been really cool. That's the next round. Thanks. That's all I got. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, please be sure to sub to Tiger Claw TV, and if you haven't already, sub to Retro Rejects uh, on YouTube, where you can always find our episode trailers. You can comment about the show. You can also get bonus content, which will be coming out, you know, at some point. Yeah, you know what? I was just looking at the labyrinth. I, I made a game case for it. And I put like a fake back on there about how you gave it to me for Christmas and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I think I am going to do that. I think I'm going to, I'm going to, the setup is almost ready while I capture footage. And I'm going to capture footage of that game. It looks terrible. It's really bad. And I will, but you know, I've actually read some people said it wasn't too bad. And it was published by Nintendo, believe it or not. So that surprised me. But anyway, I, I do want to do that. We do need some bonus content. I think I'll come out to MAGFest too if if you're gonna go. Yes. Um, and then, and when and in Portland too, we'll have some shenanigans that we can post. Yes. So you know, I always try to remind people to put comments or or to make uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. So I thought I 
we thought maybe we should read some of these because you know I, I don't think we've read any of them on the air. Oh, you just reminded me of something. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yep. All right. So so these are reading blind. I don't know what I'm about to read. So except that I can see that that they're good. Star a lot of stars. So. Mac Plus said, you guys are great. I love that my kids can listen in, too. It ensures that I don't miss an episode. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, <laughs> so I intend to tune out those segments, but I love the chemistry and content. Where else are you going to hear the game Glover mentioned so many times? It just doesn't happen anywhere else. No. And I've kind of stopped doing that. I need to do that more. No, it's okay. So, I need to insult What's Glover, Glover on a regular basis. What's Glover? I'm so, kidding. You don't so, have to answer okay, that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, this guy says it is currently my favorite podcast. Vintage and NES Complex have a, di- a great dynamic. The one drawback, it only comes out monthly. That's true. Anyway, can we convince you to do two episodes a month? Mm. Mm, sometimes we do mailbag mania. You just reminded me when you were talking about the uh, iTunes stuff that I got this comment on my Genesis console overview. And I just kind of wanted to read this because... It gave me some feels, as CF might say. Yes. So this was sent sent by Trevin Conley, and this is what he says. You know, I actually didn't figure out about all this stuff only a year ago. I was born in 2001, and I'm actually really into this stuff. Right when I figured out, I was mind blown. I didn't even know games existed back then. So this is talking about the Genesis. I found a website where I may be able to buy old consoles and video games. I finally decided about one of those consoles where it can play three different kinds of console games. So he's just talking about the Retron 3. I really hope I can get into this awesome stuff. Thanks for the video. I like learning about the history of these consoles. So here's a kid. He's a 13-year-old kid. He never knew anything about the 16-bit generation, and here he was watching my video, and he's he's getting into like the retro stuff and appreciating it. And I just read this. This came in like a week ago, and I'm like, you know what? This is why I'm on YouTube. Mm. And it just it made me feel good, and I just kind of wanted to share it with all of you guys, and you know, you guys that make videos and. This is why we do it. It's 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 to keep this thing going and to remember these these great games that deserve, you know, to be played. Amen. GG, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bro. GG. So, okay, thanks again CF. We really enjoyed having you. You're a good man and I hope that we can all come together. We're going to do the flea market thing. We're going to do it. Yeah, man, you know how to reach me. I do. Um we're going to try to do this, hopefully, maybe in the next couple of months. My vast apologies uh, to a vintage video game geek for all the extra time he's going to have to spend editing since it has taken us about a half an hour after his initial <laughs> um, call to close the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The end. <laughs> the end. Did we lose? Did we, did we lose Chris? Did he go to bed? No, no. I'm I'm trying to think. Can you just remind me real quick? What was the you talked about? Ecto Cooler, Crystal Pepsi. What was the third thing you mentioned? Uh, we didn't do a third one. I was going to do Surge, but it never came back around. To <laughs> you didn't. So we skipped you. Yeah, do, I don't do care, it now. Dude. Do it now. It's okay. Do it now. I'll put it at the end. Really? Yeah.
Okay, my next one is Surge. I don't know. <laughs> Soda. So what? What's your? What's that, that, isn't that still around? It's called Vault now, but no, it's not the same. They used to have ads. I looked this up before the show because, uh, yeah, um, and the, the the ads were like they put a can of Surge, and all the dudes would like fight over the can of Surge. It was called the fully loaded citrus soda with Carbos, which was clearly before the Atkins diet became popular and Carbos suddenly became the enemy. You know what, you know what Surge reminds me of? Um, did you guys ever see Idiocracy? No. Oh my gosh. This is the funniest movie ever made. Hold on. Well, I guess I, gotta, I have to watch it then. I got to look this up. It came out in 2006. They always drink the soda and they talked about it like Jolt. No, it was like a made-up thing. And they were like, oh, here it is. <laughs> Brondo. <laughs> what? Yeah. Let's see. Joe discovers that the nation's crops are irrigated with a sports drink named Brondo, whose parent corporation had purchased the FDA and the FCC, virtually replacing water in every respect. <laughs> Everything is about Brondo and like... And every time someone says Brondo, they're like, it has electrolytes. It's like, okay. So you got to watch Idiocracy. Like the, the premise is that um, he is this guy. He's like just this normal average Joe. And he gets frozen in like there's some accident. And there's like this. Cr- it's like Futurama. Okay. So he gets frozen for like a thousand years or something like that. And then when he when he gets thawed, it's like society has de-evolved. Like, people have gotten stupider. There's, like, vending machines that give you, like, Carl's Jr. And, it, and like, the president is, like, a pro wrestler. And he, like, walks around with a machine gun. It, it's awesome. 